0: everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. We are here today with a special episode and also very specially with me are Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. Darcy unfortunately is not feeling well today so uh it'll be us three welcome back to our new season no more bonus episodes we are here to entertain you with our regular episode hey. <laughs> but it's not really a. but it's not really a regular episode if um, you haven't read the uh, description of the episode, well, thank you because you're just listening to us without knowing what episode it was. That means you guys like have us. seen.
1: I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> actually, Yes. Yeah. You know what? Take the time, take a look at the name of the episode. We'll wait for you. Okay, we're done, and yep. So we have a a very special interview with Kyle Starks. Um, It's actually a long interview, so here I am vamping, and I shouldn't be vamping because we have a long episode. Um, All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Um, uh, DIY corner. We got two things really quick. Um, First is David F. Walker has a new uh, Kickstarter, not Kickstarter. Oh my God, Crowdfunder on uh, Zoop and it is called imposter syndrome something i'm sure everyone's feeling nowadays um and uh if you're not familiar with the name david f walker he's the co-creator of bitter root he's also Mm. co-created naomi um he's he did that really excellent um luke cage run a couple years ago that was Mm -hmm. pretty awesome so he has got some cred, and um uh, and I I like him, and he is basically doing a bunch of short stories. Um, that uh, he's some some reprints, some new stuff. Um, all new stories include Attack of the Depression Monster, Crash Landing, and Bully, <laughs> uh, and then also has two old classics: Black Santa's Revenge and the Legend of Stag- Stag- Lee Oh very cool i just said that out loud i realized i know the legend of sacredly i just didn't, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't recognize it the way it was it was written until i said it but so and these are these are all going to be in color uh, it's those two stories those reprints it's the first time they they've ever been in color so that's pretty cool um there is about a week left by the time this comes out this episode um, maybe maybe a little more than a week um it's um still under its uh goal of 5500 at this time on Monday when we're recording this episode so please uh, t- take a look at it we'll have the link in the uh in the show notes like always
1: um can I come out in a <laughs> protest DIY quarter because
0: <laughs> sure no no there's
1: just so much good DIY like as soon as you started talking about this I'm like Oh no, I have to support this. This looks excellent. This is right <laughs> up my alley, but it's too much. It's, I feel like every week I'm like, oh, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. And we have a <laughs> second one today that I know I'm gonna
0: like. When when we first started DIY corner, I had to like basically restrain myself maybe like three.
2: Episodes
0: in because I was I was donating to everybody and I and I want to donate to everybody but just the you know the wallet doesn't permit it sometimes
1: absolutely no 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 unless you know one of us will be a a millionaire soon. I'm yes, sure of it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I, I have I have so much money in Bitcoin right now. It's i just <laughs> there. You go.
1: All I need to do all all this uh, all that needs to happen is this NFT needs to uh, accrue some more value, and then boom, I'm rolling in the
0: bucks. <laughs> Fun fact: This podcast is a Dogecoin mining. Oh God! <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Well,
1: but yeah. No, um, jokes aside, yeah. Like I'm looking at this uh, the the uh, imposter syndrome uh, uh, crowd funding on a uh, zoop and it's not just that i want it it's like oh i want the higher tier actually like i want the physical like it's never like oh yes i'd like to just support and let me get the, the the lowest tier it's like oh yeah no this these higher tiers are awesome yeah. so i kind of want that
0: that one yeah <laughs> and then the stretch goals look really good as well so yeah like uh um uh, if he gets the stretch goals he's gonna have a new short uh in the book called how will eisner save my life and Harlan. El- Ooh, excuse me how will eisner saved my life and and harlan ellison almost got me arrested which <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome yeah uh, all right so so yeah um it should be shipping around july 2022 if it meets its goal so please have it meet its goal because it looks really cool and it sounds really cool and this is something I probably will be donating to as well. Actually, and the next one too. So we got a two for this week and they're both seem really cool. Um, the next one. Um, I don't know if you all knew this, but there's this uh war in Ukraine right now that's oh my god kind of big. I don't the know. The war
1: you say. First yeah. I've heard of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, a war, like our society, you know, like I'm surprised. Like we're so peaceful and like you know, our our, our society does not run on war, it doesn't seem, you know. But anyways. <laughs> um we this actually dropped today um and it dropped around noon pacific time and um and, and when zoop sent out an email uh this is for it's called comics for ukraine sunflower seeds it is a, a comic written by and drawn by some of the biggest names in comics i would have to say and um including the alex ross uh hardcover uh, copy or cover? Uh, hardcover cover cover? cover uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> and,
0: uh, and uh, plus um, some some awesome, just some amazing art here uh, from like Arthur Adams and Dave Johnson, Bill S- Sankovich. I always say his name wrong. Sinkovich. Uh, it's so Sink-
1: hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I can only
0: say it when you say it first. That's that's the thing. <laughs>
1: I can only say it because I've heard other people say it and I've like literally practiced because if I try to read it, I, I'm going, to, if I try to read it out loud, just look at it, I'm going yeah. to read it wrong.
0: So apologies for the mispronunciation. As I, you can tell, I can't say regular words too. So it's fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, pr- proceeds are going with Operation USA. Proceeds are going to them to help. Uh, um, Basically, those in need in Ukraine at the, these trying times over there. Um, there, um, some of the big names on here are those ones I just mentioned. Uh, there's going to be a new Astro City short uh, by Kurt Busiek and uh, Brent Anderson. Just going to be a new two short by um, John Lehman and Rob Gilroy, and Star Slammers by uh, Walter Simonson. Um, and with uh, Laura Martin and John Workman also on the book, and um, American Flag by uh, Howard Shakin um, with uh, Nitro Yen and Ken Brusnick as letterer. letterer. Um, this little thing called Asagi Ujimbo, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but yeah, Stan Sakai is also doing something for this, uh, with Hi-Fi as the colorist, just like the IDW comics. Uh, Grendel, uh, that's out, out of retirement. Uh, Matt Wagner, um, and uh, with uh, Brandon Wagner and uh, a to be determined letterer. Uh, Sergio Argonis is doing GRU with um, with a short story with Mark Evanier, uh, the former uh, person who used to work with um, good old uh, the Jack Kirby, um, and Scary Godmother with uh, Jill Thompson, um, The Cost of War by Louise Simonson and June Bringman, um, Harada. Harderada by Dave Gibbons and Chris Sprouse, uh, a story to be determined by Mark Wade and Gabriel Rodriguez, uh, bombings by Emil Ferris, um, a report on Ukrainian artists by Joshua Dysart. a political cartoon by Pia Guerra, and a political cartoon by Peter Cooper. So those are just a
1: murderous row of talent.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and then the the extras, the art prints. You you know the, the Alex Ross art print is definitely. Um, one to look at the dave johnson one looks pretty cool too um i mean they're basically <clears> the <throat> prints of the what the covers are so lots of good incentives here and you know good cause obviously to to get to back up right now
2: definitely it
0: needs to be done and so yeah this looks really cool um well i was gonna say earlier was um i got an email from zoop about this dropping and i went on there I didn't realize it had just dropped and it said like you had two donors and <laughs> I was like, Oh no, like what happened? Then I realized it literally started like five minutes ago. I refreshed the page and it was already up to like um, 50 donors and like, and like, I mean,
1: it's, months. it's almost met yeah. its goal in its first day. I think it's mm-hmm. only uh, about two, two and a half grand short.
0: Yep. That's awesome. And it's got a uh, uh, 30 days. <laughs> so it's got a month until it's uh, done. So, uh, I think this one will probably definitely meet its target, but that means that you gotta get back behind it and get the incentives and get the stretch goals as well. So all right. So all right. Speaking about stretch goals, it's time to talk about our spotlights. I have no idea how that was a tangent, but that no,
2: worked. that didn't that wasn't a clean segue at all, but we'll keep it in.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, um i'm sure you're all tired of me talking so um carrie uh, want to go first with the uh spotlights oh uh, let me let me get out of instagram okay <laughs> or richard do you want to go <laughs> no
2: I'm, I'm in i'm in oh wait 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 i'm in i'm in sorry 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry you guys okay um so i am highlighting uh the hundle a humble bundle not a humble bumble this um uh this week and it's the Terry Moore collection I have it up actually and um it has nine days left as of today's recording so basically it's insane um if you're not aware of Terry Moore I'm assuming some of you are he um created Strangers in Paradise which is I want to say my first solo foray into comics yes um when we were like a long long time ago so probably like 2006 i started reading it it's um it's incredible it follows the complexities and the lives of three people um francine Kachoo, and david and it's some real slice of life fucked up relationship drama it's beautifully illustrated um a, Terry Moore has this um this art style where it's how do I say it there's like waves in his drawing there's a lot of curves um it's gorgeous he he draws kind of like realistically um I don't know if that word is good to use to describe it um Sometimes. It's like
1: realistic and fluid like yeah, yeah. at the it's same just, time.
2: It's gorgeous. It's, I just I yeah. love his artwork. I would just buy prints of it alone. But um the humble bundle that you get is the entire series of Strangers in Paradise. You also get his entire series of Echo and then you get Rachel Rising. Um the purchase helps the, uh, the Hero Initiative and it's cool. it's all digital. It's it's literally like 45 books. It's incredible. Um I uh, this is probably really embarrassing I've probably shared this Terry Moore story before I'm gonna share it again I don't
0: think you have on the podcast okay
2: so um sit back uh, oh yeah this is a really stupid story (laughs) it's funny stupid on my part um our honeymoon because Brian and I are nerds and I wasn't was this this was not our honeymoon it was um it was it was this was was it WonderCon it was WonderCon okay so I take that back it wasn't our honeymoon um because our our honeymoon was Comic-Con but um this was in WonderCon so maybe like 2017 or 2016 around there so a long time ago um we found out Terry Moore was one of the exhibiting artists and that he had a booth so this was after I had read um Strangers in Paradise so I went up to him And I fangirled and I, he went to shake my hand when handshaking was still a thing. So I shook his hand, but then like I held onto it and I stroked it (laughs) like a fucking creep. And I think I really bothered him. And he looked at Brian, like, does this person want a photo or an autograph? And I was I literally told him I just want to touch the hand that created this series like a fucking weirdo and then I dropped his hand and I walked away and it's so super we finally crazy. have the
1: uh, story of how Carrie ended up on that watch list yeah so essentially yeah I was a real
2: fucking creep if you're wondering very why, embarrassed by it if you wonder why Terry Morgan's not coming, that's
1: adorable the- <laughs> I, and
2: like I I, I don't do well around people that I I'm a big fan of obviously um so if I ever get the chance to meet him again and he's not totally mortified <laughs> that I found him and, and date, the
1: restraining order has run yes, out <laughs>
2: I'm I'm going to apologize be, to, for to assaulting his hand because I was just really impressed by him um but he was very gracious and didn't mind that I held his hand so yeah um it, he's I just I love his work um it's, it's one of those things where if you, I think, I think he's the kind of artist that, you know, we had a, we were having a big conversation about like people who can like pull emotion from you, you know, when that's their job, so, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I think he is kind of that person where he's very good at his job of eliciting just like kind of raw emotion from you. So I think if you're in a healthy headspace strangers in paradise is a great read i think if you are in a bad headspace, it would be a real like fucked up thing to do to yourself so (laughs) fair warning on that but yeah it's just it's gorgeous artwork it's um it's all sorts of of amazing so yeah if you're into uh if you're interested and you're and you're willing you know you're willing to throw down a little bit of money on it i think they're asking for at least 30 bucks on the humble bundle um you can definitely get it it's it's all pdfs it's gorgeous. And it, it might be, it might unlock something that you didn't know that, you know, you'd wanted to read. So anyways, that's my spotlight.
1: I look forward to checking it out because Strangers in uh, Paradise is one of these books that, uh, that came out when I was like in high school and early college. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading wizard magazine and I'm like, and you know, they, they would be gushing over Strangers in Paradise from month to month. And I'm like, a book with no superheroes in it. <laughs> Who the fuck yeah. reads that? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like in retrospect, I'm like, I'm sure I'd probably take a lot from this book. I'd really enjoy it. So I look forward to getting the humble bundle and checking it out.
2: Parts of it are really sexy, you know, because it, again, it's all consenting adults in like relationships. And but mm-hmm. it's not like it. It's also very like emotional, you know. Like it's just it's so again we were first married when I was reading this and like so some of those parts of like when the couples split up or the couples take a break like really hit me hard I'm like why are they breaking up and you know like what's going on so it just it, it does it just pulls a lot of emotion from you it's really he's a phenomenal artist I would maybe when that restraining order drops um, <laughs> in the in Orange County I can go back and say hello again but yeah uh, he, he, Terry Moore is a, a pretty awesome
1: person. <laughs> you would be like, uh, Mister Moore, I feel like I botched this the first time. But yeah. now I want to speak to you. I'm so a little like, older, and yeah, I want to speak mature. to you as a
0: Thanks. competent adult. Take two. take two. Um, so what's really cool about this also, um, is that, um, so this includes essentially every Terry Moore book in the Terry Moore verse. That, um, because he owns Abstract Studios, and this is this is his his imprint. So. All of this is is intertwined. And a couple years ago, uh, there was a series called Five Years um, that basically brought every character that he's written, like an Echo and Motor Girl and Rachel Rising and and Station of Paradise, all together. And so that includes those two volumes of that series, too. And so so it's like, you know, um, that's something I've been meaning to do personally is to basically read all those series and then read Five Years so I can like totally. Imen- you know immerse myself in the universe so mm. um I think yeah I have a feeling now that we have a digital copy of it uh we'll probably be doing at least one volume The Strangers of Paradise in the future I'm guessing Carrie's choice.
2: <laughs> I would prop the volumes are so long I would probably like you know whatever equates to a couple of issues just because like as a taste. Yeah. You know, because the volumes are really long I feel like. But
0: anyway. i forget how long they are that's that's a good point though i don't i don't know if they're just like five or six issues like a normal graphic novel these days because these these got these got collected in the early 2000s yeah so so who knows how long how many books are in each one
2: but very cool very cool i mean so, you're definitely
1: getting great value it's a yeah. it's a nice thick humble bundle for what you're yeah. paying for
0: Mm-hmm, totally 45 items, like Carrie said for 30 bucks is the, is the, is for every item. Um, and you, um, yeah. Uh, Oh, I, what I always recommend on, on humble Bundles is look for the adjust donation section, because, um, the, if you, um, and you can kind of do a default donation, uh, because, uh, if you don't, then, um, most of the money, you know, like goes doesn't go to the charity. So if you want to really support the charity, then then take that little ticker tape ticker uh, thing and drag it all the way to the to the right for the charity and and get, try to give them as much money as possible. With also still helping out, obviously Humble Bundle and uh, Abstract Studios. But you know, it's I think I think the main cause is to give as much money to the Hero Initiative as well. Besides get some awesome comics, yeah. So, all right. Well, Richard, how about you go next? Absolutely.
1: Um, This week I am covering uh, Little Monsters number two by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Gwynn.
2: Sweet.
1: Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to probably spoil this whole issue because we're still at the beginning of this book and it's all set up. Um, It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. First of all, it's (laughs) so gorgeous and just, (laughs) It makes such great use of uh, colors or lack thereof. I really, 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 really am in love with it. But uh, basically in that first issue, we're introduced to like this, like Lord of the Flies type of scenario where you see these children and they're just kind of living in a world. There's no adults. There's no other people. And it seems like a derelict world. Every, you know, it's like a modern society, but all the buildings are crumbling. Everything, you know, everything looks a little bit more derelict than it should. And at the end of the final I- of issue one, uh, one of them, uh, Rami, R- Romy, he uh, bumps into a real person, like like a regular adult person. So that's basically we pick up in this issue two with a flashback. And it's uh, Romy when he was a kid in 1763. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been around for a while and he's with like an elderly relative. And that relative is very sick and ailing. And Romy goes out to cut chops of wood to like keep them warm and finds what I assuming is a vampire, you know, eating his relative. And I guess that's the vampire that turned him. Cause all these kids seem to be a uh, some sort of vampiric monster here. <laughs> yes. But they're not eating, but they're not eating, they're not feeding. They just kind of live these lives of like just. Being perpetual children, and some of them are kind of realizing how old they are, and they're like, "Isn't there more to life than this?" So Romy finds a dude. The dude's like, "Hey, can you help me out?" And just wherever he came through, which is, I guess, like a portal to the quote-unquote real world, it crumbles, and the guy gets trapped, and Romy leaves, but uh, it leaves him behind. But and goes to hide because they can't be out at night, or, or excuse me, in, in the-, the daytime. Um, And so they go hide and sleep. And then Billy was looking for Romy to make sure he got inside, stumbles upon the gentleman. And this is like the first person he's seen. And I guess just the vampiric instincts take over and he decides to feed. And this is like the first time, first time like encountering another person, first time feeding. And for Billy, he starts to feel like, oh my God. Like I feel whole. Like, like I was. This kind of unlocked the truth for him, and he seems to be forever changed. And when the uh, rest of the friends find him in the morning, they're like, "You're different." He's like, "No, I'm not." Or he's like, "Yeah," or rather, he's like, "Yes, I am." But like, it's almost cultish. He's like, "I've seen the truth," and like, I ate a guy, but I didn't kill him. So I left. I left uh, the rest of the guy for you guys to feed as well. And if, and uh, on the opposite end. Romy's out and about and he runs into another new human that he's ever met and it's a young girl and who apparently just shoots him in the chest with an arrow and that's how our issue ends but also it seems that this young girl has been our narrator the whole time our point of view character as well so (laughs) I'm not exactly sure where we're headed but it's going to be good stuff
2: oh yeah very cool yeah yeah
1: it's a very good book well written but like it's the art is just absolutely gorgeous like i like i could just look at the book and not read it just stare at the pictures it's so beautiful
0: it's, um, i think i said it last time uh, when we talked about number one but it's easy to forget that dustin Wynn is a good line artist because he's such a good like watercolorist that like he feels like oh that's all he you know like no one should be that talented <laughs> you know it's like it's like, oh yeah he's just good at watercolors and, and it's beautiful there but like you know his line art's kind of sus but no he's his, his line art is like amazing and this is a mostly black and white book and like you know it, it's it's thriving on his art it's, it's amazing so and then obviously Lemire is also good I, I don't know if you all know that or not
1: but, <laughs> don't know if you've
0: heard kind of a fan
1: <laughs> jeff lemire yeah. pretty great at, make, at making comics
0: yeah that's awesome
2: who is that again yeah, i I'm
0: don't joking. know this is some <laughs> obscure guy some canadian dude you know like, i
2: don't
0: know you uh, <laughs> t- like to talk about hockey in his comics i don't know why i like him <laughs> no. um all right so um i guess i'll go ahead and go now too this is actually a book that came out a few weeks ago um, i actually came out like right when we went on our break um so i'm kind of happy that i get to talk about it now uh it's called cities of magic it's by uh will tempest jacob freed brad simpson and and world design i believe this was actually originally a um a kickstarter and scout picked it up and is publishing it now and um so this is another one of those uh um, to creep, you know, city in ruin kind of books. You know, this is a post-apocalyptic story, but it has a very interesting twist because it's also a like a medieval fantasy book. And so what happens is there's something called the Nexus occurs, and the nexus basically wipes out all electricity. And you know, planes are falling from the sky, and like, you know, just basically, I think anything with motors, anything that was done with like science and technology no longer works. And a few years later um, there's, a, there's an exploration up into what looks like the Arctic. And they find a door that leads them to this weird portal that has um, this machine in it that is that has magic. And it basically possesses some of the people there and they come imbued with magic. And um, as well as um, they, they are able to take pieces of this, this machine or replicate it. This doesn't really explain how it happens, but they're, they're those little, these little generators of magic are taken all over the world. And we've come from basically the world is then transformed from a technological you know, society into a magic society. And the magic then bleeds into the earth. And creates like magic plants and magic animals. So now, even though it's in the ruins of like you know 21st century cities, it's it's 150 years later, and it's it's all basically like a medieval story among like ruins of buildings. Cool. And um, there's this lady um, named the Hyper Priestess Ismar Rothschild, <laughs> who has is basically starting an empire in the United States and um, has recently taken over Pittsburgh and is coming for what's now called old, old York instead of New York. And, um, and it basically becomes kind of like a, um, like a, a a battle, like a war between like two factions, essentially this, this group trying to protect their city from, from the invader, as well as um, there's another, there's actually a guy who's looking for non-magic art, you know artifacts basically a pre you know pre-magic stuff and uh literally, literally looking for a pair of nikes you know like uh, he comes in to a shoe store that sells like magic shoes and shows them a glyph of a of the nike swoosh and says do you have anything that has this this symbol on it and the lady's like like what does that do like does it is it like does it cause it to fly does it cause it to like does it give you invincibility or speed and he's like no it just they're just shoes, you know? <laughs> and then she's like, well, you're crazy because this is a magic story. Like, get the hell out of my store, essentially. Funny. So uh, he gets embroiled into this group as well. Um, he actually is kind of, um, it, it's an interesting character because besides looking for non-magic shoes, he he's a, an adopter of, of old technology. So he actually, um, when the invading forces come, uh, he, gets, he's, he just happens to be there and he gets... Uh, attacked, and he pulls out a revolver. <laughs> he shoots at the guy, and then, then the guy, that, the the um, that he shoots at uh, stops the bullet and then curses him. So he's now found out that he's basically going to die soon. But the um, the leader of the faction that's trying to defend Old York, basically wants to hire him to help because of his his knowledge of like the old technology and think that might be the way to solve this issue and says so basically you're gonna die in like a few months and it's gonna be very agonizing i know a way to to help you live and if you help me i will uh i'll give you that cure so that's how the the uh the issue kind of ends there hmm. so um, artwork is great um some really cool visuals of like I know you know like a, an apocalyptic city with like you know like things built out of it you know like out of wood and like you know magic stuff you know so it's it's pretty cool very cool lots of purples because the magic is purple in this that's fun yeah so um but the only downside is i think issue two doesn't come out until july so yeah oh okay we got a little time
1: I do appreciate a little post-apocalyptic world that isn't, like, dark and dreary, but, like, you know, it has magic. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like this world's very colorful.
0: Yeah. yeah, That's neat. This is kind of like, it kind of reminds me of, um, um, you'll hear our interview in just just a few minutes, actually, uh, with Kyle Starks. Um, We we recorded that before uh, we recorded this. And um, he mentions... Um, how he kind of just wanted to include everything in the horror genre. It feels like um, these guys wanted to basically include everything in the post-apocalyptic genre slash fantasy genre and decided just to meld everything together, you know, <laughs> and it works just like, just like Kyle's Stark stuff. It works. So
1: that's what matters most. Yep. Definitely. Very cool.
0: So we'll have mentions of that, all of these books in our notes in case I said them too fast. And um, I think now it's time to go to our special moment, our special thing for this episode. <laughs> I can't talk today. It's Monday. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. uh, so, um, well, I'll go ahead and uh, put in the interview now. Hope you all enjoy. Hi, we are now joined by the great Kyle Starks. Uh, you might know him from books like *Assassination*, *Rock Candy Mountain*, *Old Head*, and a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, but here, we're here to talk about uh, either "fuck this place" or "I hate this place." So, uh, we'll we'll decide on that in a little in just a few seconds here. Kyle, thank you for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here and to talk about the books and other yeah. stuff. I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. Um, well, we like to start every interview uh, with a, a question. What is your comic book origin? I kind of got you in the comics slash. Uh, what kind of kept you in the comics? Is that something
3: different? Uh yeah. So, uh, so my name is Kyle Starks. Uh, my uncle's name is Tony Starks. Mm. Uh, oh, nice. He's, he has always had a sort of silver, golden age comic business. He used to work. He used to write for. Uh, Overstreet. He used to have... I think it's Overstreet. He used to have a monthly column called Comics in a Flash. So, oh, cool. I, he he sort of brought this into comics when we were real little. Um, real little. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny uh, because at the time, I really had, like, the most vanilla, like, comic pool as a little kid. And it was the worst era for all of those comics. So, I had, like, Spider-Man, but it's, like, Spider-Man fighting Fire Lord. I had Hulk, <laughs> but it's when he's trapped in, like, um the multiverse. The yes. weird, like... And it's like so boring. Like why did I have, I had Justice League, but it was Justice League Detroit. So it's like, I like like, X-Men, X-Men was like my thing. But it's like, man, it's kind of amazing like how many bad comics I read are underwhelming comics I read to start for great franchises to sort of still stick in there. Though I suspect that probably, you know, really flavored what I liked as as older because I never really liked Spider-Man or the Hulk. I, I wanted to read, you know, New Warriors or, uh, you know, I want to, I want to read D-Man stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that's my that's my how I got into liking comics. When I was a teen, I worked at a comic store that also uh, rented video and bought and sold used music and had baseball cards and had used books and had pornography, um, which is a real experience where I could sort of have whatever I wanted in pop media, like I could consume so much, uh, Mm -hmm. which tempered me for sure as a storyteller. Um, and then I got out comics after that for a long time, cause it's the nineties and the nineties were a bad time for comics. If you liked enjoying, if you like fun. Um, and then I got back in, uh, as an adult, when I started having children, which was 14 years ago. Um, and I started making comics. So that's my, that's my, how I got into comics. My uncle, Tony Starks, not the Iron Man, uh, and it's you know what's funny is like you know I've been a Starks my entire life and it wasn't until you know the movie came out that anyone ever, not one time did anyone really ever say Iron Man not one time and it's like if you know if like Iron Iron Man was not a, a character that anyone cared about until those movies came out yep um and that's not entirely true you know it's like for the for the majority of my life um he was not the top tier character in any right. way so it's like now it's like every like you know anytime someone asks for my name. They're like, Game of Thrones or Iron Man. I'm like, that's right.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. Nice.
3: Yeah. That was funny,
1: because nice. I was thinking that uh, part of the reason why your uncle uh, got into comics is because maybe he was going to, you got to lean in to not get made fun of. So, indeed, no, you, you know, you know right?
3: what? It's, it's actually, it's actually a semi amusing story um, that my dad apparently has held. Well, he's passed, but he held against my uncle apparently his entire life, because when they were little, there was some sort of situation where someone passed or there was some sort of like willed item. And between the two of them, they could either have this um, this coin collection or this comic book collection. And my my dad was like, oh, you know, Uncle Tony, like, like conned me out of these comics and ended up turning it into like a business because they sold. He ended up selling them for money and then, you know, sort of recirculating them. Uh, I think my dad always held it against him. But, you know, what? my dad never read comics his entire life and he did have a coin collection. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what he was so mad about. Like, he never like changed his mind about it
1: um R- road less traveled you know so yeah. the grass is always gl- greener That's sort of big. <laughs> the grass is always
3: greener for sure yeah. uh but yeah so he they were I don't, and he's always into it and you know we used to spend the night over there and he the thing i always remember is reading like jimmy Olson uh superman's best friend jimmy Olson because they're like the craziest books when you're a little kid like they're exactly <laughs> what you want uh so yeah yes. all my, all that stuff i read so much silver age stuff when i was little which i i don't know if i was allowed to i don't know if it, i mean i assume it was like i assume he's like you can read these but it's like they were collectibles even then, that he was re- he was reselling to collectors, right? Yeah.
0: It, yeah, yeah. So but... that's
3: that's my that's my Kyle likes comic books, I guess. Oh, no, that's story. awesome!
0: <laughs> that's actually a really cool cool like journey. I, as I well. didn't know if we
3: were doing my how I became a comic creator story or that, that too. Absolutely, absolutely oh, if
0: you don't
1: mind, please share. Yeah, yes. I got
3: I got a I got a half decent one. Uh, so I was out of comics for a long time. I went to school to be a fine artist. I uh, decided instead to be uh, drunk. <laughs> um, and so I was sort of professionally drunk but college is years. conducive to that that's not so your doubt. fault <laughs> also if you go to school to be a fine artist at some point you realize it was a terrible mistake sure. uh, <laughs> a terrible mistake and there's only one thing that will cure it so I, I spent a long time I worked at newspapers I worked for banks um, Was out. didn't have any answers in comics was just out hitting bars every night uh, and then I got married and we, we got pregnant we had a kid and I realized after I had that kid like, I would never have any time to myself again um, So, I made sort of a bucket list of things that I wanted to complete before I had the second kid and never had free time again. And one of them was complete a comic. And I ended up doing it. I did a web comic called The Legend of Ricky Thunder, um, mm-hmm. which ended up getting attention. I never promoted it, it ended up getting seen by a, a big comic news site at the time. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, neat. You know, I did a Kickstarter for it and I used that to go to some shows. And I liked, I found I loved the process of making comics. It. it brought me so much joy. Uh, Of course, I did another one, which was Sex Castle, which was uh, my first book Um, that I kickstarted, and I went back to the same shows. Uh, And at one of the shows is Heroes Con, which is my favorite show in Charlotte. Uh, It's the last sort of 100% just kind of comics artist show. So it feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's 300 comic book pros and that's Mm -hmm. kind of it. And it's great. It's like a family reunion you love to go to. But Charlotte's got this soul food restaurant called Mertz. And I I love it. In fact, I think everyone kind of loves it. So every year <laughs> Heroes comes around, you're trying to figure out like what night can you go to Mertz? Who's going to go to Mertz? And uh, the one year, this, this year that I'm doing, I'm doing this sex, the Sex Castle as a Kickstarter. Uh, I see my dude uh, and I'm like, hey, you going to Mertz tonight? You going to Mertz tonight? And he's like, yeah, but I'm like, no, I'm coming. Don't worry. Like, you, I don't care what you got going on. I just need some place to sit. Right. Um, well, what he had going on was they were doing an interview with Matt Fraction and Ships Zdarsky. Oh, wow. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> So we didn't end up going to Mertz either because the line was too long. We went to a really terrible pizza place. Um, but because of that, like we ended up talking a little bit. Chip worked in newspapers, and at the time I was working at a newspaper. So there's a little bit of interaction. But this gentleman, my, uh, he introduced me to Matt as like, this is Kyle Sarcy did the best book of the year, which is Sex Castle, which was again self-published. And Matt Fraction's like, oh, I'll come pick it up tomorrow, which was Sunday. And the thing, I Matt Fraction's both of those guys, Chip too is amazing. Like, he's legit like one of the nicest dudes in comics. And I know that he will walk around these shows and he'll, he'll pick stuff up. I, I wouldn't do that because I don't want to spend money at those shows. But he's doing, he's like, oh, this is interesting. Like, this is someone who's, who's nobody, air quotes. Um, he's a great guy. And I'm like, oh, he'll probably, he'll do it. Like, what a nice, just like, you it's know, just a polite thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Sunday comes around and he hasn't came by. And at the time, I would never leave my table because I'm there for sales. That's all I care about is sales, right? I don't want to miss a potential sale. But he isn't coming around. This was uh, peak sex criminals. So him and Kelly Sue and Chip, because to make it even more of a crazy situation, Kelly Sue's there too, right? Yeah. They have a line that's been going around the venue the entire time. And I go, well, I'm going to go over there and drop it off, right? So I go over there, there's this long line. And I'm like, man, I'm not waiting. There's just no way I'm waiting in this line. And I'm just going to be rude about it. And I'm like, hey, Matt, you know, you said yesterday. I'm like, oh, hey, Matt. He's like, oh, hey, right, right. I'm like, hey, uh, you said yesterday you had interest in my book. So I thought I'd bring one by and i drop it off, right? He has this huge line. I just interrupted, like the rudest little rude <laughs> boy Uh And and Matt goes, he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, how much do I owe you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, nothing. And in a moment that has became famous in my house and will always be famous, Matt Fraction looks at me and he points at me and he says, pros get paid. And so he bought the book for me. That's awesome. Yeah, pros get paid. Uh, He bought the book for me. And I'm like, wasn't that nice? What a nice experience. Like nothing will overcome of it. But I'm glad, whatever. So then his plane didn't take off. And mm-hmm. he read his books, he read some of the books he got and one of them was Sex Castle and he was tweeting about Sex Castle on the plane. And I sold like 20 books and I'm so stoked. I'm like, thanks so much for selling me 20 books. And then he says, do you want to talk to Image? And that's where my career began. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's great. Awesome. And it's also like, it's great, great
1: for you but also it's also great to just hear that like, oh, that people that are in the industry that you know are famous for this industry some of them were really
3: dope <laughs> yeah some were dope and i'd say at that time like matt was one of the three biggest names in comics is like him and brubaker and probably maybe bendis or i mean like there's no question like he yeah. was he was at the top right and, uh yeah like, no, by hope, sex
1: criminals time he's already done work for marvel done work you know he's for the done, big publishers, and then yeah, gone back to the independence he's done point. like
3: he's already killed he's he is he is established like and I, speaking of earlier, I think like you can really draw a line from Iron Man being made a movie directly to Matt Fraction because his run, I think, really validated that character right before they made that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope one day to be powerful enough to do the same to pass to pass it on.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, no, no um, that, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that, an awesome that, story. Yeah, you, you said you said that it was like a decent story, but that's an awesome story. That that was that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. I have to say Um, now uh, now what we're here also to talk about is the the new title that is going to um, have its final order cut off in about a a week from this episode coming out. April 25th. No, on the 25th. Yes. Uh, And that is um, well, Okay, what do you prefer? Uh, Do you prefer Fuck This Place or I Hate This Place?
3: I mean, I guess it depends on how you want to how you want to roll on this interview. So, I mean, that book we fought. I fought for the title "Fuck This Place." That's the title that I wanted the book to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like so. It's a. I mean, it's it's a horror. It's it's about a couple that inherits uh, an awful paranormal ranch. It's not just haunted. There's lights in the sky. There's monsters in the woods. And for me, I felt like "Fuck This Place" really established the tone that I want people to have walking in. Because yes. If, if I was on that ranch. Every day, yeah. I'd be like, "Fuck this place." Every day. So to me, it's like this is the tone I want. I also like it has, it stands out a little bit. Um, not, I, I don't. T- I'm not a profanity prude. So to me, I didn't think about how people would be. Yeah. Um, so there was some retailer pushback. I understand that. I feel so naive that I thought no one would care for some reason. Um, to me, it's fuck this place, but it's not. It's I, I we're talking it. Almost, I hit this place almost all the time now, just because obviously it's nicer and it's safer, and whatever. I I would rather sign Fuck This Places than I Hate This Place, which is why we're really pushing for, like, final order cutoff stuff, because if you want that dirty name, you're 100% probably going to have to ask for it. Unless (laughs) your retailer is super cool, right? Unless they're, like, way cool. Yep.
0: Well... I think most of our demographic here are um, 18 plus, plus, so and we, we are definitely not uh, uh, you know, shy of cussing here, so I, th- I think we'll call it Fuck This Place while we're talking awesome. about it. Um, when I also, went to
1: read it uh, yesterday, and uh, I, I'm reading it, and I was like, you know, when I get the book, I'm like, all right, fuck this place. Okay, you know, going for a provocative title, and then when I got to the last place, I was like, "Oh yeah, fuck that place, man!"
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I, I knew that you were not shy of cursing uh, when you had a character in Assassination literally called "fuck" Tarkington. Yeah, f- fuck Tarkington. <laughs> I love that. Was that's like actually what what hooked me on the book was that name right there. Was... you
3: know, you know, it's it's funny when, when for Assassination when we were talking about characters and Erica and I are friends. Uh, we met at HeroesCon kind of like before we had anything and. Mm -hmm. our careers have gone uh similar in that they both went up though of course hers went at a much steeper angle than mine did um but we wanted to work if she had a window so i mean one of the things was like i have an idea i think eric i have this idea uh it's this and this and this and i'm like and one of the characters name is fuck Tarkington. that's like some things just come to you all at once and like (laughs) hey it's assassins as bodyguards for another assassin and one of the characters name is fuck Tarkington, and she's like let's do it and i'm like Yeah. yeah let's do it fuck Tarkington.
0: That is usually when I'm promoting it to a friend, like to to read it. That's those are the two things they say. It's about assassins, uh, like the top assassins in the world guarding another assassin, and there's a character literally called Fuck Tarkington who wears um overalls. With, with, yeah, so like it's it's the perfect book. So yeah,
3: but Buck Tarkington is is uh very closely based on my best friend and and co creator on many titles, uh, Chris Schweitzer too. Like that's, oh okay, that's, that's oh, not cool. a very well kept secret. If you want to know what Chris Schweitzer looks like, he looks like. A, a slightly less buff, fuck Tarkington, and guess what? He acts like that's fuck Tarkington is. It's very much Chris Weitzer in a lot of ways.
0: And shout out to seven uh, seven sidekicks of uh yeah six sidekicks D. and Mars attacks we did. And the work, yeah. and he
3: colored he colored Rocky County Mountain. He colored Old Head. We oh, worked yeah. together. We're, we're virt, virtual studio mates. I did air oh, quotes oh, again. No. I keep forgetting it's a recording.
0: Very cool. <laughs> um, okay, well, um um so yeah, also, um, I, I'll fuck this place. Uh, I have a couple questions really quick. Yeah. First of all, is facts of life, uh, the true solution to keeping one sanity during a monster attack?
3: I think that, so that's in reference to these, this house they inherit has like a uh, soundproof windowless room that has a television <laughs> and a bunch of, uh, VHS tapes in it. Um, and I think the answer is maybe not specifically the facts of life, which is what they watch because I think if I was going to pull something off, it'd be the facts of life. Uh, consider it's VHS so you know you're dealing with some some dated material yes. but I do think if you have hauntings on uh, a cattle ranch then mm-hmm. you want some quiet space so I for sure think a room full of, of, of media is hundred percent the way to go I think the the end story the end story is that the cows move at night when the ghosts come and it's just and the ghosts presumably make some noise too I guess uh, so it's kind of a cacophony. So it's just like to keep your sanity, they had to create this room, uh, which I think I, I like I like the idea of. I like the idea of like, all right, dear, it's six o'clock. Like now it's time to go spend the rest of the night in our tiny windowless. Like so we just have driven insane by the noises outside. Fuck that place, man. It's even yeah. too noisy to like it's even too noisy to 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 sort of sanely sit around.
0: It's, yeah, it, I mean. That's a different type of safe room that you wouldn't expect to, to need to have. And with, with, when there's literally, literal holes opening up in the sky and ghosts and a guy with the horns <laughs> and antlers attacking okay. you. Yeah, that's definitely something you need. Uh, now, what inspired you to uh, kind of go into horror? I know you've dived into horror a little bit, but like this is a full-on horror genre book. Um, what kind of like was your influences and what kind of made you want to go this way? <laughs>
3: That guy was on the, the loudest motorcycle. Like, <laughs> exactly. the was, Sorry was, about that.
0: <laughs> I'm usually that, the guy with the most noise pollution. That was that was pretty good. I liked it.
3: That was like one of those like uh rocket, like those yeah. rocket He was uh,
0: probably he was probably saying fuck this place as he was driving by.
3: Uh, the, that, that the sediment. They're having the time of their life. They're on this monstrous <laughs> rocket bike. Uh, So, so yeah, so everything I've done to date has been comedy. I love comedy, uh, generally action comedy, uh, I'd say, though I did do Rick and Morty for a long, and that's action comedy too, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love it. So there's there's sort of multiple parts answering this question of why horror. I do love horror. I'm a horror guy. Um, I really enjoy it. I like things that are oftentimes uh, average, just by the nature of what they are, but are often like sometimes just incredible. And I think horror is like that. I think comics are like that. Um, not that I'm denigrating in any way, but it's like when wrestling pro wrestling is like that, when they're great, they're so great. And horror movies, mm-hmm. like, and it's like you're overcoming sort of your own nature of your beast. Uh, but I love spooky stories. Horror and comedy are real similar beasts in that they, they, they require the same sort of muscles. Your, uh, it's pacing, it's tone, it's set up, it's payoff. Um, so it's something I felt like I could do well. Um, I like, I don't know if I could do a romance comic. Well, I, I felt like I could do a horror comic. Well, um, so why not comedy? Right. So why am I not doing comedy um, for this one? One outside of like, I, I always wanted to do other stuff. Um, during the pandemic, I had a big crisis of faith about uh, readership on comedy comics and how strong my sort of upward trend that you want to have as a creator who's acquiring readers to be doing comedy, because I think it's a dirty, not a dirty word, but kind of a dirty word in direct market comics because people are so often burned by comics that aren't funny. Um, I say over and over, like, unless it's like Mark Russell or it's Chip or I think me, Evan Dorkin. Um, and I'm sure people I'm over, like, there's just a, it's a short list of people I think who are consistently funny and quality funny to a broad audience. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of having a crisis faith. I actually had an editor say to me, like maybe don't do comedy anymore. When I talked to Skybound I was, uh, to see if they had any interest in this book, which I, I uh, actually I asked him, uh, that's a different story too. Um, I was looking for work and I was like, are you guys interested in anything? And Kirkman was like, hey, do that book we talked about at New York Comic-Con a few years ago. Cause I, I, I had heard about this place called Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know if you guys know Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, I thought, what an interesting setting for like a, what a setting, that's not a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like New York is a setting. Mm-hmm. And I asked Kirkman about it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, anyway, he's like, oh, do that story. And I'm like, I don't have a story. I just had a setting. He's like, do that story, but don't don't do comedy. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I should do comedy anymore. or I should take a I should take a break from being comedy. I'm going to do this book. Um, but since then, I've really gone back on it. I really like doing comedy. I want to do <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. But I think if, as like at the time, like. Things were so dark for me. I think because everybody, like I'm not saying me, but it was like the pandemic. It's like October of the pandemic, and things were so dark. I hadn't done a show. Like I, I hadn't been out of the house, and at you the probably time, was feeling like, funny. I, well, yeah, in many ways, and also at the time, I was like, things are terrible. Like my choices were terrible, <laughs> though they weren't. I've made great books. I made books. I'm, I think they're amazing books. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of them uh but at the time i thought oh this is right this is what i need to do is i need to do more serious stuff if i really want to increase my readership which is all I, as a creative person all you want to do is have more readers you want yes. i'm not making books to be thrown into a closet i want people to consume them um right. so yeah since then though i'm like you know what i like comedy too much and i'm too good at it i like making people happy and horror books make people happy too mm-hmm. uh but it's like i know what i i know what i'm good at what i enjoy so i'm i'm not done with comedy i'm going to be back in comedy there's no stopping me um but I am gonna, I'm gonna stretch my my arms a little bit. So, and I think this, I think I've done uh, a super good job with this one. Hopefully.
0: Well, what well, I mean, thank-
3: I enjoyed it definitely.
1: <laughs> yes, um, def- definitely enjoyed what it. What was wild about it is that I just felt like it kept building because even when there was a reveal. There was immediately a build to something else that was about to be revealed. So even when I got to the last page of the book and there's the final reveal, I was just like, "Well, no, I need the next issue actually because that's what it talking just about. kind of kept it kept coming and coming and coming."
3: That's yeah. that's really my intention with this book. Um, is that it's going to be constantly escalating? Um, I I we have big plans. I mean, it's theoretically it's an ongoing. I say theoretically because it is ongoing, but it's 2022. So like, what what's an ongoing in 2022? Yes, um, that's true. I, I would love to do 15 issues, but my, what the story that arc that I have is that it will never, it, it escalates to a point where I think it's like, this is, I mean, this is crazy. Like this story that started with people inheriting a ranch becomes something insane. Um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, and there's more stuff to come. Like this first issue is sort of like, is like putting dishes on the table, but there's more dishes out there. Um, and I, I, another like I, I want people to be like, why, are, why is this happening here? As you're sort of oh. stuck in the trappings of the story of things getting worse and worse and worse, uh, and more terrible things happening to these two sweet kids, uh, who just thought they were getting a home, a nice home. You know? I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it because, with, for the thing with this ranch, with this Rutherford Ranch, is that it allows me to do. Almost any genre,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and that's some of that stuff hasn't been revealed yet of what those other genres will be, right? But I, I really would be able to like if I'm going to do a horror comic, I kind of want to do all of the horror stuff, right? I want to dan- I want to play with all of these tropes so badly, and uh, but... I'm really excited because I think I hate this place. I think I like this place is going to allow me to do that. I mean, the first issue has hauntings, it has monsters, it has uh, dark entities, you know, it has uh, UFO stuff? Question mark. Um, and it has a slasher killer in it. And it's like mm-hmm. that's five genres in just one book. We're getting after it, my <laughs> dudes. We're gonna get crazy with it. Um, and so I'm stoked, like about some uh, some just some par- supernatural creepies. Uh, I- I'm way excited about it, and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I, I want it to keep escalating. By time I- if we can get to that third arc, uh, I think you'll be like this is like this is wild. That's true. Uh, that's yeah,
1: no, definitely. I was gonna say the opening with the uh, main characters, uh, Gabby and Trudy, it gave me a lot of vibes. Like it opens kind of like a Scooby Doo episode, or like the Top of Cabin in the Woods. And yeah. I was, I was almost felt like the dude at the general store knew more than he was giving off. But like, I now that I finished it, I feel like maybe he doesn't play a part, and I'm just playing with tricks in my own mind. But it felt, I, you know, it gave me that opening feeling. I, yeah.
3: I, I was I will say in two parts. Uh, Cabin and Woods has, that's a very similar, like that's the Texas Chainsaw Murder open too, right? Yes. It's the same, yes. uh, it, that's a, that choosing that type of intro is not accidental. How, nothing's accidental. So that's my answer to nothing's accident, <laughs> nothing <laughs> is accidental. And that's not the healthiest way to create stories, um, but that's the way that I do it. Nothing is accidental. If there's a bit that doesn't seem like it matters, and it doesn't do something for a character to establish some thing about them, um, it's on purpose. I wish I could be, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny. I tell the story. Um, my memory of Garth and this is Preacher is that it was that. It was this complex lattice of, four, of, of just, this guy had it all planned out. Like every part was planned out. And, and so as a creator, I was like, well, I want to make things that feel that way. Everything matters. These characters are real. The situations are bad because you get, like, that's the sort of, that's the feel I want people to have from the story, aside from the comedy or the action. Right. And I reread preacher like three years ago and I'm like, oh, he's making this up as he goes along. <laughs> so I, I created this, like the way to do things in my mind, which is the hardest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wrong. Uh, but there's nothing accidental in any of my books. Like if you read any of my books, if there's something that seems like it was a throwaway and they don't come back to it, I don't think you can find something that they don't circle back around on in any of my books. And if there is, that's an editorial thing somehow. I don't, it wasn't on me. Um, But it makes me crazy because nothing's actually, even like a, even a joke, like um, even a joke, like in in this book, there's a bit where like one of my, uh, there's some charming sequences, I think, to sort of establish the characters as charming, right? So like, there's a bit where, Trudy and Gabrielle who are the two girls who inherited this ranch see the cows for the first time and Gabrielle who's very sweet says oh we have we should name them and and Trudy who's very <laughs> pragmatic is like is like that's a terrible idea like absolutely don't do that uh, and and like to me it's like oh hopefully that reads as like a really sort of charming sort of sweet funny moment but what it does is like look what it says about these characters Gabrielle is like look at the sweet cute cows we should give them names and be friends and Trudy who's very pragmatic and survivalist is like that's how you get hurt Right. Yeah. So that was accidental. Me. So, so I don't want to be like spoilers, like, but if you may like, depending on the the length of this book, and the arc, like, you might have been onto something with that old man. You might be onto something. <laughs> nice. Uh- yeah, that, that scene
0: with the cows reminded me a lot of, of me and my wife. Um, she'd be the one, like, let's, let's name all the cows. And I'd be like, um, no, because you don't want to have a name to the meat that you're probably going to be eating that's, in the future. That's right.
3: Yeah, these <laughs> and, are these, all these cows are being – they even say, like, they're, they're we're selling all these to slaughter, like, as soon as we get yeah. it. That's before they find out that they're trapped on a, on a terrible, awful place. Yeah. But, yeah, like, we're not going to keep these. Like it, So, anyway, every, nothing's accidental. Like, it, I. And I, I really hope people read consume any of my books like that uh, knowing like you, I, you as, a, as a writer, you hate to say that because then maybe people will start consuming the books in a different way, but I don't do anything. I don't do anything on accident. I don't, I don't see the function of it. Like space is limited and I want to tell a complete full story. So, uh, but you know sometimes like, sometimes you just put a funny character in there, right? Like just to be yeah. amusing. Um, I think uh, like there's two of the, the cow hands that work on the ranch. Uh, like they have some moments that are just funny, but you yeah. know why they're funny? Because I want you to like them, and you know why I want you to like them? Oh, probably because no. I'm going to kill them. Yeah,
0: if I know my horror tropes, yeah. <laughs> that, that that's probably what it is. Um, no, uh, no, it. I'm a big kind of movie person, and um, what you described, and also the kind of feeling that I get when I read your comics, are uh, is a very Coen Brothers feel because I feel like oh, they're Jesus. the same way.
3: The highest compliment possible right yeah
0: i mean like like yeah like th- there's nothing thrown away it's all it's, you're you're they're doing something everything for a reason and you can kind of mm-hmm. tell but that also brings up the second part of my, my question here um uh, i think the truly horrific part of the beginning of that of the book um when they're at the convenience store is the orange cupcakes
3: uh- <laughs> <laughs> i love so- you know it's, I. that was my orange cupcakes was like my go-to uh like road trip food like uh-huh. i said I, I'm, I'm i've been diabetic for five years so i've not had an orange cupcake in five oh, years oh no and and i i will whether it happens or not i will always try to get orange cupcakes into a story if there's a place where they're like at a gas station for sure
0: nice. i love
3: them. those those uh hostess orange cupcakes man
0: we we live they with... taste
3: like batteries a little bit
0: I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we live with my my in laws where we we help take care of them and um and my father in law loves them and there's been a point of contention between us because one time I've never had in before and I like I like like the chocolate oranges so I'm like oh this must be like a chocolate orange I like, yeah. this will be pretty good and I tried it and I kind of felt the ca- the car battery thing yeah. <laughs> and I, so I, I really oh. liked them. Yeah, the, yeah, and everyone has their own taste. My father-in-law, you know, the same thing. He, he absolutely loves them. That's something that like, whenever he's at a place that sells them, he picks up a few of them and uh, and keeps them in the house. I'm mostly to torment me now, I think, but but also because... <laughs> it's, because
3: it's because they're delicious, that's why. <laughs> that's so but, funny.
0: But it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, the char- Yeah, and that's, that's the thing, too, is that with your books, all your characters are very, you know, relatable and, you know, and, and they're also, and they're also like, just like, they're, they're very human characters, but they're put in like inhuman situations. And so I could totally see why horror is going to work for you, you know, like that, that, why this book worked as well, because that's, that's kind of the basis of horror is, is, you know, these, you know, like, if you can't relate to a character, that's going to be your, your hero or, or even like your victim, then there's really, it, it kind of takes the the fun out of the horror.
3: For you sure. Know? And I think the same the same goes for comedy is like you want, it's not you, there's sort of I mean there's multiple ways to be like for horror. Either you want to have like such a great big concept, like you know, it doesn't matter if the characters feel real because it's such an interesting sort of experience to go through. Um, and comedy is the same way, like you can have a big crazy concept that's so ridiculous and it has so much humor built into it, it'll carry it through. But my thing has always been what I'm interested in. Is normal people in outlandish situations,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and that's the horror that interests me the most. It's also to me, um, it's in the back matter of issue one. They had me write a letter, which I um, is not my favorite thing to do. So I did the best I could. But for me, like I'm not, I'm not scared of, I'm not scared of noises in the woods. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm not scared of places that might be haunted. I, I always say in a horror movie, I'd be the guy who like, what's wrong with you guys? There's nothing outside. As he opens the door, and then he gets his arms. His head slashed off, you know? <laughs>
1: yep.
3: um, But, you know, the things that do scare me is is, you know, like 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 an Amityville where it's like you and your family and you're in this place. Would you you purchased? It's now yours. You're stuck with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And terrible things are happening, not just to you, but to yep. your family, to your loved ones who are just normal people. You know, exactly. uh, that to me, that to me is like that's that's real life frightening. Um, and so, yeah, so that I mean, that's definitely a play here for sure
0: it's the people who you care about which is actually more what you're afraid of
3: and yeah like, the same way yeah yeah
0: well i think most uh, people,
3: i think most people do that's why that's yeah. why we that's why we work that way but it's that's like absolutely. I, you're you're familiar with my work you know the things that interest me are mm-hmm. the power of friendship and what will you do for love like the love of the love of your family because i'm not doing romance comics per se it's yeah. almost always when it's that it's like those are the two things that interest me which are these real human bonds from north that everyone has, that normal people have, and how those exist within awful things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what interests me most. That's the real, like, that's the human endurance that interests me more than uh, a, you know something physically impressive. Uh, I was gonna ask now that we know that "fuck" uh, was a
1: uh, <laughs> a real uh, reference to, in, to someone you know real life. Were Gabby and Trudy real references? Because when I was reading them, I was just like, oh it seems like these people
3: have full lives and experiences prior to this book. No, no, but you know what? That's, that's something again, that that's, that's something that I, I wanted to come across. Um, is that it's not just look at these characters, something happens. I, I wanted these people, Gabby and Trudy to feel like real people who had a past. Um, and they do. And that's again, escalation down the line. Um, because the thing is just people who you meet and then like, Oh, we've met you in this situation. Being put in that situation doesn't have, it's just all you've ever known.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: to me, it was really important to be like, these characters have a past. They had a real past. And here's the thing. You know why I think it feels that way is because it's just, again, it's just the past of two normal people. Like they had they had bad jobs from wherever they were. Now they come here. They just want to find a home someplace. And then they're going to try to flip this home into something more that's in line with their personal aesthetics that's life man that's every time you move that's every time you get a new job right yeah. um and that was really important to me to try so you guys are saying all the right things by the way it's getting me so stoked because I, oh. I i uh, i'm so anxious about this book like i said it's my first non-comedy thing but yeah th- that's all intentional um we're actually i think we're going to do a thing where i'm going to do uh comic strips for the back matter which are like uh sunday news like newspaper strips which oh, cool. is gab which is gabrielle and trudy before the ranch so just sort of like oh, normal nice. slice of life stuff. That will maybe sort of like be uh, like ironic for where they are now, or maybe imply things about the characters that will be important the next issue. Um, but that's the thing; like these guys used to have before they came here. They were just two people in love trying to do the best they could, and now they still are. But the the stakes are so much higher. The stakes are possibly <laughs> high, right? They,
0: they had a problem that you know a lot of people, couples and single people have nowadays, which is you know money issues and like you come into something that's a, like you know that's gonna get you on your feet like you know inheriting yeah. land like a ranch of all things you know it's
3: like oh yeah but not only
1: gonna get you on your feet it's kind of like a magic bullet like you know it like is. hey if we do this for a year all our problems will be solved
3: yeah we so we can, st- can we can finally start in? the. yeah we can finally start the life that we had talked about uh like as a wish right like as a dream like What if one day we opened a bookstore in california i can't i I think they might say what i can't remember what their plan was because it doesn't it doesn't matter guys this ranch this ranch is is awful um it's gonna eat them alive don't worry (laughs) yeah they're gonna have they're gonna have different dreams after all of this whatever they were then Um, yeah but yeah like like, and and i think like i i I think i did like the math on like how much they they'd actually make and it's like it's not actually that it's not actually that much uh, but it's enough that you can establish your life and like, like to be, I, these girls I'd say in their mid twenties, uh, if yeah, me, I'd say mid twenties, like, can you, I can't imagine 22, 2020, 2022, I said it, uh, can you hear my watcher going off? I hope not. Uh, no, uh, always. uh, yeah. Like I can't imagine like what a boon that would be. And that's, again, that's all part to me is like these sort of like, these sort of like psychological horrors that are befalling these two girls is that you think you're going someplace that's like, well, we'll work hard for a year and then we'll be able to have like the lives we always wanted. And it's like, no, incorrect. Like you're in a trap now, uh, <laughs> hard to think like to be, to sort of be young and not have any, any real, um, nothing holding you down before this and sort of being able to do whatever you want. Cause they don't, they, the families they have are complicated. Again, I can't remember how much is said in number issue one, um, about their, their families. Uh, but then they are trapped here. Like this could be the rest of your life. There might not even there's not, there's not the the plan that we had. There's not even the going back to how it was. Like what a nightmare. hmm Yeah. No. Because <laughs> uh Trudy was ready to try to go back and it was just like, and uh
1: Gaffy kind of talks her out of it, but I'm, no, we have to leave. We have to leave immediately.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think the, the, the thing you'll find in issue two, and uh they say in the book at the end is that. There is no leaving. Like the the ranch will follow yeah. you. Um, yeah, that's,
0: yeah, that's what that was mentioned in the recording. Yeah, and being, and, yeah. and
3: that'll that'll be seen uh, more in issue two. Uh, issue two is great. If you like issue one, I think you, you'll really love issue two. Artium's artwork, like he really is, gets his feet underneath him. Um, it propels the story in the same way. So, like, there's you'll see kind of kind of something that could happen if you try to leave the ranch in issue two and and more messed up ghost things.
1: Awesome. As um, as someone who both writes and draws and you have a few books under your belt, um, sure. do you have any preference or is there like what's the difference in the just the creative uh, process between the two?
3: Uh, I, I love this. I love this question. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I started as a cartoonist. Uh, I did Sex Castle. I did. Like I said, I did webcomic. I did Sex Castle. I did Kill Them All. I did Rock Candy Mountain before I did anything else. And then I started on Rick and Morty basically uh, for five years. Uh, And I wrote and drew a bunch of that, too. I didn't just write that. I wrote, but So I've only ever drawn for myself. No one's ever asked me to draw anything. No one's ever offered for me to draw anything. I jokingly point out that Skybound's never even asked me to do a variant cover for one of these books. Um, No, I don't. It is what it is. I know what I'm better. I know which of my skills is higher in terms of marketability and successfully conveying my intent, right? Um, I enjoy telling stories more than I enjoy drawing art. So... To me it's no big deal I personally um I've I will just write for a couple of years and then I'll be like oh I'm gonna do that project and whenever I do my own cartoony projects I'm reminded how, why I actually love comics it's my happy place in life um which again I only found a few you know a few years ago really um over the pandemic when things were pretty bad and I, I wasn't wildly depressed but it's like I, there's no like I said there's no shows I'm not traveling I'm just I wasn't like I, I wasn't depressed but I was unhappy and I decided yeah. to do a, uh I decided to do a comic for free comic book day because there's no free comic book day that year and I thought people could still have free comics and wouldn't this be funny if I did a thing uh and it'll give me something to do because it's a pandemic I'm not doing shows there's nothing to do uh this is i I'm certain I'm gonna circle back to the question um so I, I asked my twitter followers to come up with a title and I would draw a comic and I ended up doing like a 36 page comic in 10 days called karate prom and those 10 days <laughs> like i it reminded me like it it brought so much joy to me because there's no editors there's no page count i could do whatever i wanted and it'd been a couple of years really since i i had that um which was which was my image books because my image books you they were not telling you what to do per se which is why it's the best yeah so drawing and writing that's my it's my it's my happy place um so the answer that would be my preference it is a lot of work i have a lot of stories i want to tell so for like uh, I hate this place. Fuck this place. I would never draw this. It, I couldn't draw it. I'm not good enough. I can't do that tone for six sidekicks. Uh, that was obviously Chris and I sort of came with that. I did together, but I would never draw that. It wouldn't work. It just it needs Chris. Assassination. I wanted to work with Erica. Um, there's something. So I'm doing a I'm doing a horror comedy. Uh, it's all horror now, uh, not intentionally. <laughs> but I'm I'm doing a horror comedy uh, that I'm writing right now, and the artist like it's the same as Argum. I didn't know them before, but they're doing a great job because I knew I couldn't draw it. Um, but what makes me happiest is doing it. Now, in terms of my process, it's two completely different processes. I'm uh, trying to get yeah. writing closer to how I do my own stuff. So for my own stuff, which is Sex Castle, Kill Them All, Rock Candy Mountain, Old Head, which just came out in October. I highly recommend it. Pretty um, cool. I like it. Um, maybe. Am I forgetting anything? That's the main ones, right? For those, I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. write a script. Um, I, don't, I don't do a script. And, and this part's the same. I just think about these stories. I think about these stories. I tell myself the story over and over and over. I, it's, it's, it's relentless. And as I said earlier, I'm trying to fix all the puzzle pieces. So what I do is I get all the parts and I put the parts together. And once all the parts are right, then I just start doing it. I know where the beats are. There's no, they're always OGNs, thank God. Like there's no page count. I can take the space that's needed. I leave myself room to sort of improv bits Because in those moments that I'm doing comedy, I want to laugh. I want to be amused. So for me, no script. Um, It's like um, structured improv is sort of don't do it this way. Again, don't do things the way I do it. (laughs) It's, It's dumb. I've seen a lot of people. I've seen people I know try to do this and it's not good. I don't know why it works for me, but I know it's because I relentlessly go through it. Um, I I wake up in the middle of the night. It's constantly me trying to put these puzzle puzzle pieces together. And then in the moment, it's because I have whatever tiny skill necessary to pull off the humor elements to bring it together. So for writing, because I don't have those little improv moments, it's not quite as fun for me. And it hasn't been. um, I'm now sort of trying to thumbnail out comics as if I was going to draw them to sort of have those little moments. Uh, But obviously I'd write a full script out for other people. um, And there's a lot of like, pitfalls in doing that if you don't sort of like I visually know what it's supposed to look like but I don't want to tell someone how to do it because they're probably more talented than I am as an illustrator um (laughs) so it's always trying to find this balance uh I never want to tell people what to do so for for like the Schweitzer scripts or probably even Erica it's not like me talking very casually I know for Mark Elevy on Rick and Morty I'd be like I don't know maybe put a donkey in there but it's like I really put a donkey in there please I really would do but it's like I'm not gonna say it (laughs) um and now with you know, Art in English is a second language if, if it's not translated. Um, and I'm working with a Polish illustrator, so like I'm trying to be more uh, direct about what should be at a panel. Um, but also, I want it to be fun. I want to be light, so I kind of try to keep my scripts light. So yeah, it's different things. Which would I, if if you were like, if you asked me if you could only do one thing in comics for the rest of your life, which is you write, you draw, are you cartoon? And that's the only thing I do for the rest of my career, it'd be cartooning. I think I just have fewer projects. And it's like that I don't want fewer projects. I want more projects because I have yes. stories to tell.
0: Well, I think you're very humble because I love your cartooning. It's 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 amazing. I, and
3: I know I think I think it just it's not it's not direct market friendly. And like Chris Chris Schweitzer is better than me. You know what I mean? Like, there's no question. Like it I think my art. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm very good at sequential com sequential art which is to say to tell a story from one panel to the next panel in a clear and interesting way. Definitely. I love to do full choreography. Um, but like, I can not I, I could not do well like a complicated shot because mm. one, my style is kind of loose and it doesn't necessarily always like there's just, there's drawbacks to it. I, I think it's good. I sell comic books off my drawing, right? Like I do it. Um, but like if Chris Somney drew old head, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing is like, if, uh if Jaime hernandez like it would just be like it would be there'd be a monumental improvement um but my thing always is with with my stories is i you i want them to exist and to be clear and to be enjoyable and my art 100% does that for sure and i appreciate the compliment that's very kind of uh, you
0: oh well, it's it's absolutely the truth yeah, but uh, i mean no, also
3: a uh,
1: good on you that you're able to pivot from yes. your own creative process to the, the, the writing process that you're less comfortable with because i do feel like if for a lot of people if they had the success you had from just doing your own cartooning style they'd be like no this is how this my way is the right way so good on you for that too just to yeah, keep my doors way is open not way it's,
3: it's not the right way <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> but it works for you and that's what's it, important it works
3: for, it works for me and, and it brings me a lot of uh joy in theory no it I, does it's just like there's a lot of it's it's a lot of it's all inside that's the problem it's just like a lot of mental duress that I don't recommend. Like, there's more fun... I had an interview, and they're like, oh, are you, like, a seat-of-the-pants guy? I'm like, oh, my God, can you imagine? That sounds great. A seat-of-the-pants <laughs> guy. Those guys are happy. Those guys are not yeah. going a script like this. Um, and you're, like, waking up at 2 a.m. Ag- agonizing
1: over something that you thought about earlier?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a minor... That's probably some minor thing that I could probably cut entirely, but I want to be in there. I, I, for example, in regards to sort of my mental process, is that I got asked to do a pitch, and uh, I spent... I spent like three weeks putting together this entire story of how it would be. And I'm telling Schweitzer and he's like, are they paying you? And I'm like, no, it's just a pitch. And he's like, why are you doing this? Just say it's about this guy and kind of this thing happens. And I'm like, because if they say yes, then I can't, that's, I have to know what it is. I -hmm. have to know all the parts, all, what the ending is, what the beginning is. I have to know that to tell someone what the story is. And he's like, ah, that's too much work. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) it is. Don't do it. No, so even
1: something like F this place. That's this early in the process. You already have like a finite ending in mind.
3: Uh, yes, I, I have a beginning, middle, and end for this for this run. That, Fifteen issues, I could do it. So, like, we're gonna do this arc. There's gonna be a second arc, um, and the second arc wasn't a part of my original plan. But there are elements that that there are things that I became very interested in that I thought would be very compelling and different, and would add to the framework of the story. Um, I could, I could, I could have done the story I wanted in 10 issues, but I think it would be rushed and weak. Um, but the thing that's, I, the thing that's great about Rutherford Ranch is that whatever that ending I had, there's, it, this place is terrible, like there's <laughs> room for it, to, it, it could pivot in new ways. Um, I, I can't imagine that, uh, again, knock on wood, fingers crossed. I can't imagine that Kyle Starks is going to get more than 15 mm-hmm. issues, um, in in modern age of comics but you know you never know like i hope that's the case but yeah i have there's an end for sure uh for this arc for this story which would be three arcs in my in my mind and could be more that's the thing is like because i could throw in uh uh, there's an evil trucker i don't know (laughs) like you know what i mean like the thing is like something something can show up or uh, something can crawl out of the ground or something can come out of a portal like there's so much room for me on this to do things even outside um even even with that three arcs, with that three arcs, like one of one of the things that I established in one is like I, I don't even touch on it enough to really pay it off. But um, yeah, that's not true. But I feel like it's very much a MacGuffin rather than like a fully fledged thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I I can't. I like stories that have stakes, and I think to have stakes, you have to be they have to be finite in some way. And being aware of it being finite lets you set those stakes. Like if this if this only goes two arcs. I can kill all these characters. I can kill all of them. Gabby yeah. can die. I mean, I can kill them anyway, but it's like the, the story is Gabby and Trudy's story, right? Mm-hmm. So, the thing about doing beginning, middle, end stories, which is everything I've done to date outside of Rick and Morty, which we did one and done. So, even that's not true, is that the stakes are none of these characters have to live. They're not Spider Man. They're not the Punisher. They're not an IP that someone's going to profit off of. It's this story that I'm selling, right? So, if it makes the story better, like, they can die if it, if it adds an emotional element or if it has some sort of value to the story, they could die. Uh, and I like telling stories that way. So to be like Gabby and Trudy are safe, like why would they be safe? Like there's not a TV show, like it's not yeah. a TV show called Gabby and Trudy go to hell or whatever. That's not the name of the book either, <laughs> but so now I wish kind of, damn it. Uh, That'd be kind of cool sequel. Oh, <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, but yeah, so I've, yeah I have an end and it's one of those things where that's also anxiety ridden. Because you're like, well, I hope I at least get to do the end, right? If if they're Mm -hmm. like, hey, we're not like sales are down, I'd be like, let me do the end. So if there's like if like issue 10 is like super rushed, it's like so much (laughs) stuff happened here. It's unbelievable. Double size. Yeah, I had to, I had to I I was emotionally compelled to wrap it up. So
0: no, and and something what you say definitely, um, I love it because there's you know, like TV shows mentioned like uh, like lost essentially where they had no idea when it was going to end. And they had all these secrets and all these things set up, but they never knew when to pay them off because they never had an ending. Like they yeah, didn't well, know what it was. Yeah. You know, so. They
3: said from the beginning, they could do 13 issues. I think 11 seasons or 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Lo- lost is interesting because lost is definitely something I, I want there to be aspects of that experience in this book, which is why is this happening? My yeah. thing. So when I, when I like, Oh, there's why is why is this all this stuff just this one place right like why are there ghosts and monsters and lights in the sky and like why is everything in this one place
0: the entire bag
3: (laughs) yeah it's a it's a it's a a time bridge or whatever what was it like some sort of like a magic boat steering wheel or something i can't remember anyway i i stand by one, my joke is too bad there's only ever two seasons of Lost. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> but I, I stand by it. You know, that was the moment where the, that was, I loved, I, I adored, I adored Lost the first three wow. seasons um, mm-hmm. of oh, the dogs. That was a <laughs> moment where the internet were, as it is now, like wildly out of control. It's all, Everyone suddenly speculating, right? People are trying to figure it out live for the creators to see. And this was kind of the first time. I, I and again, unpopular opinion, there's only two have a, two seasons. So, I can talk about the ending that never existed uh, as much as I want. And you guys, uh, and I'm saying the listeners don't need to at me, but I I think that they had a plan and someone was like, it's this. And they were like, shit, we have to change the plan. I believe that with my whole heart because those seasons after two are different. They, you can Mm -hmm. see them, you can see them rotating away. Um, Anyway, I, it's funny you say lost because I, I love that show. And I want there to be a, not just, look at these awful things that which i said earlier like not just these awful things are happening and more awful things are coming but like why are these awful things happening as just sort of add to the the environment and the tone of the series i think if i can get that if people are like what the hell then it's really going to give more legs to it too than just what a great story with terrible things happening
0: no yeah and, and the fact that yeah you're, you're kind of taking out all the stops like you said you have you know everything essentially yeah, we, it, we're trying yeah it, it and like so, yeah, definitely a good a good uh, backstory and reasoning is definitely something that was in the back of my head. Like, there's yeah, why why this place of all places? Is this, like the center of the universe, or like what 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 evil thing happened here where every weird monster slash paranormal thing is, is happening at this at the exact moment?
3: Yeah, so I love
0: it. It's pretty cool. I love it as well, actually. Um, hey,
3: and,
0: and um, so I, I kind of already went over this a little bit but like there is a definitely a cinematic feeling to your to your work um and now do you feel that in your and your work could become like tv or movie show you know movies or adapted to those medias
3: i mean yeah uh, like yeah in fact i think you could do all of it with a really low budget prior to this one uh like sex castle has like a helicopter in it i think like, yeah i'm not like there's like i i my thing is like you know i'm really interested i'm from southern indiana uh there's enough stories in new york with giant monsters knocking up buildings like i'd be way more interested in a giant monster in newburgh indiana you know or bfe bfe kentucky yeah than i would be so i i like i like small like sort of i'd say low budget i, this is, I like the feel of those those are things that interest me because they're more human um yeah, you know, we, we optioned Sex Castle. We optioned Kill Them All. We optioned Rock Candy Mountain. Like, it all gets optioned. I would I would love for something to be made. Me just too. to see it. But, you know, it, it won't be mine. It'll be something different. Uh, yeah. And that's that's fine. Like, just give me the money. Um, but the <laughs> thing is, like, once they, you know, like, I, I do all these shows now, and I'm the Rick and Morty guy because I did Rick and Morty for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made more Rick and Morty stuff than the Rick and Morty people had at the time, story-wise. Uh, and I love it. I love Rick and Morty and I love promoting that brand. But man, I'd love to go to these shows and be the Kyle Starks guy. I'd love to see people cosplaying like Fleck Tarkington, you know, yeah. like our are, are Gabby and, Tr- are, you know, someone dressed like the Horn Man from Fuck F- This Place. Like, yeah, man, make it because all I want, again, is more readers. I want more people to want to seek out my work, to enjoy my work, to consume my work. And there's no question uh, having some sort of like post post-comics media thing made. Would be highly conducive to that. Um, so yeah, I man. Like every book we do, every book I do, I hope people will read and then read something else I did, because because that's how I am with like a film, right? Our TV or a book it's like if I read something I like, I seek out like that's just kind because of, I want to be happy, and I'm not, but I want to be as happy as I can be. So like when I saw when I saw Royal Tenenbaums, I when saw well Rushmore when I saw Rushmore, I yeah. sought out Bottle Rocket because I like oh this guy had another thing. And that's how I am, if I like, a, if I like a, a music group and you find out the guy has a side project, I'm gonna listen to the side project, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah.
3: So I keep hoping like every project I do, people are gonna be like, oh, this is great. I should see what else I have. And I, I don't feel like I have a bad project. So I think they're gonna read it and they're gonna like it. And then they're gonna read something else. And like, then that's what I want. Like all I want is for people to consume my work. So you keep hoping the next thing is a thing. If the next thing is uh, a movie starring Channing Tatum, as fuck Tarkington uh mm-hmm. let's go let's do it I, whatever <laughs> it is like I'm, I'm down for it because I just want people to 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 consume my work we we had a script on on something I sold that was awful right mm-hmm. it was so bad and people said it's like aren't you worried like uh like a uh, leave a story gentleman or you know name your name you're not the great uh uh recreation comic movie uh, yeah yeah and I'm like well they can't ruin my book like they can never like even if they make a bad movie, my book's still great. Like, they can't affect that. So, like, that type of thing is a concern, but, True. like, that's not my concern. My concern is is just getting more eyes on my work and how whatever it takes to do that.
0: Well, um, um, you're
1: probably going to get some uh, Horde Man uh, cosplayers because it's, like, both an evocative design, but also it seems like it's not that difficult to do. Well, we'll see <laughs> when yeah, we get a full I, shot.
3: I've, I've never had anyone cosplay, and my, my first character, my first big character was just a guy with an eye patch and like a white button-up shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. With some nunchucks, like like no one, no one wants to, yeah.
0: Well, hopefully it will have to- have One to day see. it'll
3: happen and I, I won't notice it to them. Wait, someone I did, I did another interview earlier and someone's like, oh man, I'll have to, I'll have to I'm gonna cosplay as Terry Komodo from Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. And I'm like, oh, that's the one, that's a good choice. But I was like, I don't know if I would even, I don't know how long it would take for me to put two and two together because mm-hmm. it's never happened. So you're not even on the outlook for someone uh, to potentially be cosplaying when my characters, again, there's no budget and surely you could surely any of you anyone could pull this off if they wanted to um <laughs> yeah fingers crossed that's the dream right Is like someone shows up as one of your characters can you imagine well
0: if someone shows up uh with a rucksack with the spirit destiny in it then that'll be man, pretty awesome
3: yeah i thought i thought i thought there i thought i'd see a jackson cosplay man yep. it is what it is maybe one day well one uh, day I'll, I'll see all of it one day i'll sure, see all that
0: i'm sure it's gonna happen very soon and um fingers crossed no as for you know like you know, your work spread to audiences. Uh the way I got introduced to your work was actually I followed Erica Henderson from Squirrel Girl to to your book. And and then once I read when I once I read Assassination, I was a fan. And then I I did I did exactly what you said. I, I picked up Rock Candy Mountain. I picked up Sex Castle. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna read everything that I could possibly can. Yeah. Now. That's so. what I'm
3: talking about. You're the you're the one guy. You're the guy who did it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I I was I was hoping for like a thousand uh, but I'm stoked about you. I'm real uh, stoked about you, I'm, my guy. I'm
0: sure there's more than just me. I'm pretty sure.
3: There, it's just, its not. It's never enough. It's never enough. Um, it's never enough. That's the answer to that. I like. I, said, I just want consumers so bad. I love Erica. She's she's so immensely talented. That's a good choice on your part. She's got a bunch of great stuff coming out. Uh, we both did a Dracula book in the same year, which is yes. hilarious to me. Uh, and then I did a book with curses in it. I guess like I guess I'm like uh, I'm in Erica's slipstream of good ideas. Uh, I will say I, I don't I think I did old head first. I think I did old head first, but she definitely put a curse word in her book first. So she's ahead mm-hmm. of me in that regards. That's a that's a that book is beautiful, too. I Rocky Motherfucker is great.
0: Yes, that was one of my favorites. Was it last year or the year before? But the year that before,
3: was, year before yeah. I think.
0: Uh, yeah that it, time has no meaning right now so
3: yeah, no i know so i could be wrong i think it was a year before that
0: but yeah it, no yeah i have um i have a hard cover of it and it is one of my favorites and once i get a, a hard copy of, of this book i'll i'll have the two fuck books together and <laughs> <laughs> that'll be awesome
3: don't leave them alone together it's no i, I, I that's then you'll have like three three books that have baby in the title next to them it's <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go that's true um so um now, with, with like Rock Handy Mountain, you have a kind of historical kind of basis of that book, and then you have kind of very much a, a genre-specific basis for, for this book, as well as, like, you know, Assassination and Sex castle and stuff. Uh, what do you prefer? Do you like using history, or do you like kind of going off the tropes of, uh, of like I, the genres?
3: It's, I, Schweitzer, my, my, my peer Schweitzer is a huge history guy. He loves historical fiction. He, it's, it's his primary uh, genre. Uh, I despise period pieces. When my wife watches them, I, I hate them. And he always be <laughs> like, he's like, he's like your best, which, you know, one of your better books is a period piece. And I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> because that, because it was a very specific story I wanted to tell and it had to be set then. Yes. Um, I, I would rather not. And I'll tell you why. There's a, a lot more research, like the research, that kind of research is not enjoyable to me. Um, drawing things that I don't know what they look like, that I don't see regularly. Like, I mean, even if I would have said Rocky Mountain, which is about uh, a hobo looking for Rocky Mountain, which is hobo heaven. Why is he doing it? He's being chased by the literal devil. There's kung fu fights constantly. Um, <laughs> uh, I love that book. I, that, that, that book and Sex Castle, I think, are my one A and one B. I think if people read either one of those books, they'll like anything I've done. Um, and I don't know how they couldn't like either one of those books. Um, I just couldn't. If you like, I don't like it. I'd be like, man, you gotta have a good reason uh you don't like joy i'd be like oh you don't have joy in your heart yeah, yeah the, you, you don't like you don't like fun you don't like that fun like that's fine i get it like yeah if you don't like to have fun you will not like my books um, the one
0: guy who doesn't like pizza you know like, yeah they, yeah, yeah oh well
3: i can't have pizza but oh, i do but, like it oh i do like yeah. it though um so i mean i no i do not enjoy period pieces uh i i i would i would kind of like again I'm, I'm i'm stretching right now right like i'm doing a horror i'd like to do other things that are not comedy um that being said, if basically the tone of every book I did was like Commando or Roadhouse, just like a weird sort of eighties, <laughs> like eighties vibe uh, in the middle of nowhere, like I-, I could be pretty happy with that. Like if I had to again, if I had to pick one thing, it'd be like oh, it'd be kind of like small town shenanigans, uh, modern times-ish, but there's no cell phones. Like we just don't writers, we don't want those cell phones. Like we hate cell yeah. phones.
0: Yeah, you always have to find We've a reason to get rid yeah, definitely if
1: uh there was a uh, a genre of media that was just commando light, I'd be in that's for me. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just then.
3: like uh it's like yeah, if 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 ever like man, I I, I said it one but like my my intentions again, like are I want people just to read it, to read the book, set it down and be like that was fun. I like not like oh my god. I would love oh my god, but I'm not writing for I'm just trying to give people like 45 minutes of joy, right? Of fun. Um so because of that, I was like, oh, man, if 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 every book I came out was like, oh, that's the roadhouse of action comedies. That's the, like that's the like that's the measurement and not like that was the um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what's a what's a movie that's universally recognized. That's the guy. Go- oh, that's the Godfather of superhero comics. I don't want a guy. Go- I don't want the Godfather. I want the <laughs> roadhouse like to me, like that's a movie I can watch over and over and I enjoy it over and over and it brings me joy in different ways. Uh, some of it's dumb, some of it's smart. Like, I'm cool with being the like, if everything I do, that's the roadhouse of horror comedies. That's the roadhouse of horror. Like, I'm down for that. um That's awesome. I'm that's just, so, to be like, oh man, everything you do is like Commando. I'd be like, Commando is like the purest action movie. Yes, I'm, yes, that's no, no. great. Commando,
1: put it in my veins. I love it's it. It,
3: it. It's like, it's the. Does it's it really make like, no sense?
1: Yes. Is it, it, is ma- no, it makes, entertaining? It, it,
3: it totally makes sense, and it's and the thing is like they twist little things. I just watched Commando again. I, I'm a Schwarzenegger guy. Uh, I was I was raised on Schwarzenegger. That if you were like, what's an action movie, and to do it well, because I think I think like uh, John Claude Van Damme writers were also like, oh, this is this is an action movie A B C D E F G. Yeah. But Commando does that, but it does like a couple things where it twists it. He never goes on the he never goes on the challenge, right? He because they are like, we're going to send you to South America and you're going to do commission. an assassin. Yeah, he never does it. Nope. Like, he changes the whole movie halfway through the movie. It's so great. Uh, but it still has all the points. Is this movie 60% action? Yes. That's what we want. But also, like, look at, and this regards to my work, is that what's the story, what is Commando about? It's about what someone will do for love. It's what Arnold will do for his daughter. It's what Absolutely. he will do, what, what's, how far he will go for this person who means something to him. And yeah, he also kills people with a garden shed. Like, which is the best, like, it's amazing. And that's the thing, like, Commando, that's a highly influential movie on me. And and Roadhouse is the same thing because what will you do for friendship? Because Sam Elliott shows up halfway through. It's about friendship. Like, that's the thing, like, action movies are great because mm-hmm. the spectacle of it, but that's not what interests me. What interests me is, is these very human moments happening inside this window dressing of things that are the fun stuff, right? But the difference between Commando and, like, uh, Bludworth has the family thing. I'm trying to think of like uh, X. Rutger Howard straight to B movie is they yeah. don't pull that Ooh. off. It's just like it's just like here's the action sequences. Here's the action story. It's like that's that's why Commando is like Commando is like that's why Die, Die Hard is so great because Die Hard if you take his wife out of it, if he's just at the wrong place at the wrong time, it changes everything about that movie. Right? Like it's still cool. It's still like cool and kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what interesting. Right, but it Die doesn't Hard. have the heart. You no. need that. You need that other element, and like that's for me. Like that's literally an archetype for how I how I want to work and how I want my my things to be consumed.
0: That that's actually oh, I mean, like Amanda, Die, good, Die Hard is a good Diehard is a good point because uh, you know the fourth and fifth Die Hard movies. I think that's what's missing is that there's no. Well, they didn't make
3: th- they didn't make those, so yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah I, agree. I don't know what you're talking about. I 100% <laughs> agree with you. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm some other multiverse that I'm, I'm drawing yeah. from right now. That's Definitely. that's some
3: uh, that's some Mandela effects. I don't know. There's yeah. only three, there's two seasons of Lost, well, like, <laughs> it, it got canceled halfway through the second, third the third season. There's, no. there's two and a half seasons of that. There's only three diehards, and there's only four trimmers. That's the that's how it is.
0: Nice I, nice, hear, nice. I keep hearing, I keep hearing
3: about other things. I keep hearing that's some Mandela effect. That's some Baransky Bear stuff. I don't know about yeah. that. Well, <laughs>
0: that actually, uh, I'm part of your, uh, your sticker club slash Patreon, and yeah. uh, the Tremors stickers were one of some of my favorites. So those were the oh, uh, those were some of the best ones I saw. Thanks, and man. We, we love I, the Tremors. Yeah, that was. That well,
3: and if you if you follow Erica, I'm sure you've seen like that. We we have always said, not that jokingly. Like if someone wanted to give Erica and I the Tremors franchise, like we're ready for it, like let's go. One
0: hundred percent for that. That would be awesome. And that's another like rural story, you know, like yeah, and it's
3: and again, it's the same thing. It's a power friendship, but also and Commando. I I was say this earlier, Richard. Commando has that thing which Schwarzenegger did. Uh, I've been saying this a lot lately because I I think I kind of you can kind of see how I do and I hate this place, but also even my comedies. Like to me, like what's like the funniest joke in history like like kyle what's one of your favorite funny moments to me it's when in commando he's like remember when i was going to tell i told you i was going to kill you last Mm -hmm. like and he's like i like to (laughs) me to me that's so fucking funny and it's in this middle of this movie where this guy's just killing everybody right like that's the type of thing like that's that's so it diehard does it a ton that's what like that's what i want i want all these sort of things to sort of like bounce off each other and tremors is another one tremors is a scary movie but it's funnier than it is scary, right? Or it's maybe Absolutely. more action than it is funny. But like that opening, like the opening stuff to Trimmers is very terrifying. And conceptually, like it's terrifying. That's scary stuff. And I love that. I love it when it's like, it's this thing, but it's also this thing, but it's not scared to have, uh, it's not scared to take itself like a little less serious if it's funny. And it's funny for a reason, like it's funny for value. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all things I love, man. Trimmers, trimmers again, Like like yeah. what is sort of like, the DNA of Kyle Starks, like what, like Edgar Wright, Remmers, Schwarzenegger movies, because they always <laughs> have those bad jumps that I love. Um, well, I, sure where I can going, but you see, like, the only thing, like, I like genre mashing, and I like, uh, I like things that are that are willing to to sort of incorporate a lot of things. And they always are, but they're always about like, what would you do for love? What would you do for friendship?
1: I'm very much hoping that uh, Trudy or Gabby gets to fight a green beret. So they could just deliver <laughs> that line.
0: If, yeah. if, one, if one of them gets to say "Let off some steam," Bennett. Let and, off some steam. Someone, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah that that that's the movie. Uh, when people were talking about Schwarzenegger's one-liners, that's that's the epitome of it right there. Is is Commando, and you know the I let him go. You know, and it's just just so many good lines. There's so much funny, parts.
3: just funny nonsense in there. Yep absolutely Fantastic. john uh, matrix by the way is maybe like the best action hero it, now. yes it, <laughs> that is um, my, my i was making my daughter watch commando my daughter's 14 um my dad this, this is why i'm wrong is my dad would watch anything he did not care i was in the room i saw things i should not have seen in terms of like bad, <laughs> bad action movies but like, oh i'm kind of like i'm trying to introduce my daughter right and so watching and i'm like i'm like would you see what his name is and very early on they're like they're like john matrix she's like john matrix is a great name and i'm like john john matrix and demolition man demolition man is john spartan Yes. And Simon Phoenix. And Simon Phoenix. yes. those are three. Mm-hmm. Those are the three most baller action names. At me. What's a better action name than one of those three? Like those are three baller action names.
0: I, I don't think they're better. Uh, this one's better. But recently I've come um I've I've come across a very good name. Uh, it was uh, it was I'm a big fan of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh show, and uh, there's an episode um uh, called um Danger Death Ray, and the main character of that movie. Is named Bart Fargo, and that that one to me is is, is one of my favorites as well because it it was uh it was it's an Italian movie so I'm I'm assuming they just chose a, a town in in uh, the U S and is it random Yeah,
3: I, you know what, I I'd go by Bartholomew if I was Bart Fargo Bartholomew, Bartholomew Fargo Bartholomew Fargo Yeah Yes
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Bart, Bart Bart Fargo is like a good name unless you had to be Bart Fargo
1: Yeah Right Right <laughs> No No No
3: Bart Fargo is a great name. Not, like, between fourth
1: and, like, uh, 12th grade, though. No. for 12th grade must have been rough. No, you're Fart Bargo. You're Fart Bargo for years. Yeah, Fargo. Bargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fourth to 12th grade must have been brutal. Then he went to college, he got his stuff together, and he's living a good life now. And now you what?
3: A, I, I, think he, I think he played a little D2 football, honestly, Bart Bargo. Yeah. Yeah. Had, his, had, some, had some success with the Duco run, you know? Like, he did yeah. all right.
0: Definitely. He was a, a tight end somewhere. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um. All right. Well, let me see. Um. Uh, now, as for like the the uh, the sticker club, um, uh, like what has been your favorite set of stickers that you've done so far?
3: Uh, so yeah, so I, I just I started sticker club over the pandemic because there weren't any shows. Uh, real quick, you can get on my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash back Kyle Starks, or you can go to my store. I would do it from the Patreon because you get to vote and there's more interaction. Uh, Brian just switched over, actually. Yes, I did. Um, I put that I put like I have it on the store just because I thought like people who weren't familiar with me and didn't have an interest in interacting would sort of do that. Um, so yeah, go to the store. It's five dollars no matter where you are. That's flat. There's no shipping, and I send it to you. Uh, you get two good side stickers. Um, mostly they're stuff that I like. Uh, goofy stuff that I like, but I do do votes uh, because why not? Uh, I would say my favorite. I I started it um, I want to say September of the pandemic year. So I've done it for I think like 18 months now. Uh, I should know. I would say my favorite is that a year in we did it for a year and I did a Goonies set. I did the mm-hmm. biggest sticker I ever did, which was all the Goonies. and Then I did another big sticker that was the Fratellis. That's my favorite. I love the Goonies. Um and that's why I did it for the one year. That's my favorite. It's on my luggage. Um, I found I'm real. I, it's funny that I did stickers because I, I, I'm i the type of guy who doesn't want to put stickers on things. Um, I don't put them. I don't put them. I, I could do the water bottle. If I was a water bottle guy, uh, or hydro flask or whatever they call it, like our coffee mug. But it's like, I don't. And I'm not gonna put them on a computer because I'm very much like a an item purist in case I resell it, which I've never resold anything. So I don't know why I'd feel that way. So it was like, I'm <laughs> one of those guys who's like, has stacks of stickers, right? Because like, oh, yeah. cool sticker. But I found on my luggage, amazing. Because then I can see it. I can see it's my luggage. It makes it so clear. So I have the Goonies on my, they're the only stickers I have. Um, I have the Goonies on my on my luggage. My wife had my Princess Bride stickers on her phone, right. which was very exciting to me. Um, but yeah, those are my favorites. Are they my best? My best is probably, uh, I'd have to think about it. Uh, what sells, but like I did, um, I did a non-sticker club run of Mister Rogers and Bob Ross. That is very popular. I think my dark side is very popular because he's yeah, big yeah. and he looks great. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. Like it's a fun thing to do. I, I, Patreon is great because uh, the busier the sticker club is, great for Patreon because I love the interaction. I, I try to do like hangouts where people watch me work on commissions. I try. I used to always try to do once a month. I'd get on. And I'd talk about what's going on. Um, it, but it, the sticker comes great because it gives such added value to it and i really like being able to interact in some way uh and it gives me it makes me have to draw once a month no matter what which is probably necessary and sign up for the patreon we're gonna be doing more once we get past may i'm gonna be trying to do more online stuff
0: i will have a link for the patreon in the uh, the notes for the show as well. awesome so. thank you No, it's yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. And and every month, the uh, the brown envelope comes, and and I'm like, and like a lot of times, uh, I'm not very very active on like social media and everything, so I don't know what's gonna be in there. It's a terrible
3: surprise every time.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) it's a great surprise. I I think the one there was only one time where I didn't I didn't get like what Taskmaster. yeah, that was it
3: <laughs> yeah, i i know what it was but it's like i'm just like man Taskmasters was another thing that mentally saved me during the pandemic it's so much fun you can watch it on youtube you watch the first seasons you, on youtube well it's you so had, charming
0: yeah you it's so charming it. it's
3: so fun yeah it's it's great it's it, it's really like a really nice thing and it it's great Taskmasters is great so yeah i did the thing is like all of it's for me at this point the original plan with sticker club was I didn't want to bring these Rick and Morty issues out all the time. I was like, oh, I had something else that was similarly priced that took up less space. Um, And I was like, oh, I'll do Sticker Club and I would do superheroes. And then people would be like, oh, I want your Spider Man and I want your Deadpool. But then the pandemic happened. And I was like, what if I just do Tremors and Terminator 2 and like a bunch of stuff that's very niche? (laughs) Um, And that's what it became. Uh, Though I'm trying to mix it, I, I want more broader stuff. But man, there's nothing cooler than being at the show and someone's like, oh, give me, you know, give me a Tremors and a John Wick. Like, that's what I want that's exp- that's the people i want to interact with yeah <laughs> i'm also excited and when, when, whenever you have niche items and like you'll see someone's eyes light up when they're like oh yeah. this thing that i thought only i love someone yeah. made something for it mm-hmm. I, and- I did a, I i just did this this month which well you can still sign up if you still want to I mean you can sign up by the end if you sign up by the end of the month you get this much stickers which is uh our, our flag means death and i really enjoyed that series and some like, just like you just watched it and enjoyed it i'm like yeah man the 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 response to that is amazing like people are so excited and they're so happy to see like the thing they like that's the best stuff
2: mm-hmm.
0: no absolutely and, and i was i'm very excited actually i was about to say that was that uh it's a period piece but yeah it still has it's something else besides being a period i didn't,
3: piece. I didn't make that i didn't make that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is but it is it is i it is very rare that i enjoy a period piece and you know why i'll tell you why because i'm always thinking about them going to the bathroom and how that, awful it is.
0: that's a good Boy. point
3: absolutely like where where they go to the bathroom what are they wiping with it's bad it's gross like i just don't like the idea like i don't want to think about a world where there's not like a hot shower
0: yeah and te- i would
3: and and television i guess
0: i have a bachelor's in history and that was a question when someone brought up one time uh and that never never left me was i wonder how they smell and i'm Terrible. like oh geez oh, no. uh, I, I don't atrocious. even want to know yeah, and even
3: even I, even like the, the royalty smelled terrible in a different way because they were trying to cover up how terrible they smelled.
0: Exactly. There's all these weird oh, perfumes and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh. It's, it's, it's just I think I read do.
1: an anecdote back in the day that like when Charles Dickens first came to the U.S., he visited the White House and like people were just spitting on the floor. Like that was just it. common. Like people just spat on the floor indoors in the United States. And he was like appalled because, you know, he was. Passion from britain but like yeah no it must have been a shit show a cacophony uh, of smells and uh, just grossness uh, all the time i don't like it, I don't like <laughs> it. yeah
0: well and uh, that's all i'm gonna think about for i'm i I had three episodes ago in the season of our Means death and that's all i'm gonna think about now for the rest for, of the show.
3: man the escalation on that show um i i i don't want to change it up but the, the escalation on that show is so incredible um I, I felt like the first two episodes of that, se- that show were not very good. But I was like, ah, I love Taika. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. And, and the escal- the last three episodes, they each get better and better. Like, I, I don't want to, like, set standards for you in your mind. But the way that show escalates and the choices it makes while wild. It's, Taika Waititi is another guy, like, who does a lot of different things that interest me. And he does it at such a high level um i thought peacemaker is the same way the first two episodes is, it, is for me it was like a, a year of great shows with two bad first episodes mm-hmm. uh i thought the first two episodes of righteous gemstones for the second season weren't that good i don't know what the deal is after that they're fired they're so good peacemaker was amazing our flag means death is amazing uh righteous gemstones ended up being pretty great too
0: it, it must be a pandemic thing maybe they have to get you know it just it takes a little more to get the uh, the motor running you know to to really get some good it, you know good it, it feels
3: like um it feels like double pilots like there's like they made two pilots for the show you know I what i mean that. that's what it I feels like totally to me that. and i i don't Ooh. know what the case is because i think also with our flag means death especially you can see they're doing uh the burn intentionally so by the time you're in you're like oh they, they just took their time getting here to the end but it's like what a that's so again if you get past the first few episodes if you didn't enjoy them the third ones
0: mm-hmm. it just
3: starts rolling man it's a good show you're you have so much good stuff
0: I I'm uh, excited. I, don't know, I don't know
3: how I don't know how you're not gonna watch all three in a row, honestly.
0: Um, that's how probably what I'm going to do is is uh just sit down and w- watch all three because Yeah,
3: yeah send uh, me a note, I, send me a note afterwards and tell me how good it was. It'll blow you away.
0: We'll absolutely do that, definitely. That is pretty cool. uh yeah, the oh, only I'm my... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, bro. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> say the only reason why I didn't finish it was because I was taking my nephew to go see um everything everywhere all at once and um and that was a great movie by the way i recommend that if you want to talk about genre like changing movies (laughs) that that was an absolutely weird fantastic movie but um, uh for sure it's um but but yeah that was the only reason was because i uh, i looked at the time and i'm like can i squeeze in one more episode no we're gonna be late for the movie we have to go so (laughs) so yeah that but yeah i'm definitely gonna be watching those
3: soon so awesome what were you gonna say richard
1: no, no. I was just gonna ask how. I mean, you were lamenting earlier just with the pandemic, you weren't able to go to shows. Have you been back to shows yet? Now that things are starting to open up and start up again?
3: I've done. Uh, I've been a couple of shows. The last show I did is the one where I got so sick that I gave myself Bell's oh. palsy. So uh, oh. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually am going to Planet Comic Con next week uh, in Kansas City, uh, the twenty whatever, the twenty second through whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, And I've never been to Kansas City, and that's a good that's a good comic town. So I'm super stoked by that. So I'm doing them again. Um, It's sign up time for like C2E2 and New York Comic Con, and I'm very hesitant. Um, Prior to the the last year before the pandemic, I think I did 32 shows in a year, and the year before that, I think I did 28. So I'm always doing a lot of shows, and I like it. I like the travel, though. It does get a little grueling, but man, I'm still nervous about the state of the world. So I'm I'm wanting to am I wanting to do 30 of them? No, Um, not now. and it would be a while i don't know it's like you when you do it i don't know the money is it's tough to say no to the money that's a, that's the long and short of that absolutely but i've done some i'm going to do more uh i have heroes i have comic-con i have our kansas city i have a one-day show there'll probably be other little shows like that that come along so we're out there and doing them we'd like to do not 28 or 30 i guess 12 yeah. is good and that seems like a lot to some people but i i like getting out of the house i like interacting with the fans Um, I like seeing what people are getting. I like seeing what people are stoked about. And as a comic creator, I never leave. So that's kind of the only chance to interact with anybody, right? I like seeing my peers. That's always, see what they're working on, what they're interested in. Uh, There's a social element that I I need. So I could do like 10 to 12 happily probably for a long, long time.
0: That sounds cool though. I would love, that That sounds like a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, even just as a fan, like uh, I was, I grew up in San Diego, so it was it was comic-con and um and it was the late 90s early 2000s when i was going every year and even as a fan it was you know that's when you just that's the only time you would see friends you know like you know they they would be coming in or if they were creators then like you know that was the that was when you saw them and got to interact with them and so that yeah there's definitely that i think that's my favorite part of going to conventions is the social element of just to see see the people that you like for sure absolutely well you you do have something great to to promote for those feature shows uh with <laughs> fuck this place and um now the, the so the final order cutoff is um this monday april 25th so please if, if it sounds like interesting definitely uh talk to your local comic book shop and see if you can get a copy of it and get the uh, get the dirty copy get the uh the dirty copy. name yes please uh but, and anything else uh, before we uh, we, we uh, call the interview?
3: Yeah, no, you follow me on social media. I'm at the Cow Starks on most everything. I have my Patreon, which talked about, you like said there'll be links in the shows. Uh, pre-orders are real important. I'm sure everyone you guys have talked to has said the same thing. Uh, they help retailers as much as they help me and the publishers. Uh, ordering comics is hard. Uh, yes. So letting a store you know you want something uh, really matters. Um, it, it's a hard industry, so like we hard recommend it. And like, if you want that dirty title, like we always said, you want that dirty, dirty title, and you know <laughs> you do. You know you want to be tough and to cool. Um, <laughs> you're going to absolutely have to ask for it. Um, I have my KyleStarks.com. I have other books on my site. Um, my last book was Six Seconds to Trigger Keen, which was a murder mystery that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just said was really good, uh, which is insane to me. Um, that's awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like, I'm a huge NBA guy, so like that's crazy to me. Uh, like crazy to me. So you know, like Kareem's a, Kareem's like the smartest guy anyone knows. So you know if he liked it, uh, hell of he a writer too.
1: Just just yeah, you know,
3: peer to peer. Yeah, he's a talented guy. Uh, and uh, my other book was Old Head, which came out from Image in October, which we talked about briefly. So those are my two. Those are my three. My three most recent things. I think they're all very good. We're still trying to sell all those old books as much as we're trying to sell the new books. So uh, yeah, and like we said earlier, if you if you like something by a creator, get something else that applies to me hopefully but to anyone you you like check it out
0: well thank you very much for for joining us here and uh i hope we didn't keep you too long and all, and once again it was great talking to you
3: no thank you know what listen this is how we get the word out right like yes I, all my people know me it's, it's an honor that you guys wanted to have this conversation it's an honor that you took time out of your busy days um you too and just getting the word out to your audience is it, it's 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 priceless to me so i appreciate it. thank you for having me
0: we that's why we started this this uh podcast is just because like we like talking about comics especially independent books where they don't get as much love as like the dc and marvel stuff and and there's so many great stories out there and and when we've got a creator like yourself that wants to talk about comics we're more than happy to to get you on and, and talk about them and get them promoted.
3: hopefully hopefully this isn't the last time my guys thank you so much for having no, me i really appreciate not. it Yo, thank you so thank, much kyle. thank you pleasure, very much
0: brother all right well we're back and thank you again to kyle starks uh for joining us and talking about what's coming up with fuck this place slash i hate this place well i think we officially determined it's fuck this place right yes yes it's definitely
1: fuck this place
0: yes. <laughs> also, like
1: I said in the recording yeah fuck that place <laughs> it's a <fun> book, man. <laughs> yeah man yeah. fuck that
0: and I, 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 did, I, I um, was thinking about it after the interview and like it actually reminded me um, like his trajectory reminded me of Jordan Peele a lot because you know like Jordan Peele also is a comedian And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of comedy stuff, but then he did, then he made like the horror stuff and like, it makes sense because like, you know, horror just like comedy is timing, you know? So, so that, yeah. yeah. So that just makes sense that why, why this book works, um, even though it's uh, Kyle Struck's first uh, book in uh, horror. So, but it's good. So hope you all like it. I the interview, I know it's kind of long, but it was a fun interview. And uh, yeah,
1: thanks again to Kyle. He was a delight. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome. Very candid, too.
0: Anytime we can talk about uh commando, I'm totally <laughs> so, commando so
2: that is my one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. And the fact that I could not be on the interview, I'm very upset that you guys talked about <laughs> commando without me. Oh, I'm sorry, that was my first it, rated R movie. Oh, as really? A, as a wee lass, yes.
0: And for the record, Carrie. Um, we we didn't not let Carrie be on the interview. We, she just couldn't. She she had a, a time uh, issue. Where yeah,
1: she you talking about that, I, I was protesting it. Remember, there was signs. I was outside for days. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know what? Fuck you, Richards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Darcy's still mad that she was on the interview. That's why she's not, no, just,
1: no, no, just, it's like funny I though. I was gonna say, Commando. I didn't see until like I was in like college. Like I just. It was a blind spot. I just missed it. I was just like, "Oh, I'll check out this Arnold movie that I've never seen," oh. and fell in love with. It. I was just like, "How did no one ever show me
2: this? This is amazing!" <laughs> it's the campiest, goofiest, right? Oh, I just can we do a bonus episode on Commando? You know yeah, what? It I'm is- down.
0: It's comic book related. You know why?
2: How is it comic book why? related?
0: The guy who wrote it, Jeffrey Loeb the Third, aka Jeff Loeb.
2: Oh really? I didn't realize yes. that. Wait, Jeffrey Loeb the third is the Jeff Loeb. It's just
0: the Jeff Loeb. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, the guy who wrote huh. Halloween is the guy who wrote Commando. What I had up? no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Oh, that makes man. you really you happy. For that to me,
1: that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. it is totally yeah.
0: cool. I uh I I, I was very surprised because I remember watching it and seeing the name. I'm like, that name's very similar to a uh, Jeff Loeb. <laughs> and so I, I googled it, and sure enough, yeah, he's. It's the same guy. Oh, that's awesome! He's the commando
2: guy. He's he's the hush guy. It is. Um, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah.
1: Um, I I I would always tell people because uh, of the Christopher Nolan Batman's. I like Dark Knight Rises the best. Mm. Okay. And, you know, and you know, most people, it's hush for sick. most people, it's Dark Knight. But I was just like, if you look at it, you know how like so many comic book movies are also like genre films. Mm-hmm. I'm like that Dark Knight Rises to me. It plays out like uh, if you made a superhero Batman movie as an 80s action film, like the villains over the top, everything just kind of, the stakes are just over the top, over the top. It's like, yeah. oh, you gotta save the city. Oh, but now there's a bomb. Oh, they blow up, the, mm-hmm. they blew up the football stadium. Like it just keeps escalating. It's just bigger, 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 That's bigger, funny. just like one of these schlocky uh, 80s action movies. And like, yeah, parts of it don't make any sense. But you're having fun,
2: so who cares? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's absolutely
0: a, par- a popcorn movie. You know, it's like it's just fun to have. Yeah. You know? So I no, I, 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 like Dark Knight Rises. I um, I kind of I'm, I I'm, I, I kind of have all three of them. Like the, basically, the trilogy, in my opinion, is is so they're so intertwined together that I can't really rate which one's better out of all those. I just but- I, I feel like they're just one solid thing.
1: Um, one thing I don't like about uh, someone like Christopher Nolan and it's it's a great problem to have is that when you're like, oh which one's my favorite, which one do I like best is that it's all of such a high quality like like mm-hmm. the floor on a Christopher Nolan movie is so high that it's just like it's you're splitting hair so much. yeah,
0: I see yes. that. it's see it's the same problem with the, the aforementioned Cohen brothers you know like um you know I'm a huge Cohen brothers fan, but I can't tell you. What movie is my favorite Coen Brothers movie? Because, right, is,
1: like, like e- even the one that if you were to say, "Hey, this is the worst one," it's still better than most films you've ever seen. So, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of, it's a tough conversation.
0: Exactly. So,
2: well, thank you to Kyle. I hope he comes back so that way I can talk to him.
0: Yeah, we're gonna take you up on that. You know, he said he wanted to come back, and we we definitely want him back. So, so uh, yeah, it'd be great to talk to him again and and uh hopefully i'll have my my stickers soon as well oh yeah (laughs) they're they're actually i just got noticed that they're getting mailed today so i'll have them in a couple days Uh, very cool awesome okay well um so i guess that's it for the episode so thank you all for joining us as always or this is your first time welcome please uh enjoy you know i hope you guys like this we're all cool casual kids talking about comics you know <laughs> you know it's fun you know you, if you want to pipe in you can email us at comics deserve better at gmail.com will this will read your email and then um make fun of it I'll, My I'll, God. The, just, okay we will not do that we are actually i hope you all know that we're we're, we're
2: you know it's like can we please
0: okay, not no. offend the listeners that we have okay. okay uh so if you're mad at that email us like comics are better at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> and i promise we will not make fun of it because we were cool people i hope we are at least um instagram twitter good pods cdb pod um website is comics are better.wordpress.com uh where you can uh request future episodes uh, or feature subjects for future episodes and that actually might change soon um we'll see i'm, I'm kind of looking for uh for a new website uh option so but as of right now that's comics um and richard where can we find you on the internet
1: oh i'm a Topcat 360 on all social media i don't have anything clever to say i don't know what i oh my bad it's late April. I will be posting about basketball regularly for two and a half months. <laughs> nice. It's insane. The heat crushed. They absolutely crushed the Atlanta Hawks yesterday. I was very happy. And then um, <laughs> the two first round series, you have Memphis and uh, Minnesota. And then, you know, the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago, uh, or excuse me, the Boston Celtics. Plug it straight in my veins. It was like basketball heroin this weekend. I was so, <laughs> so delighted. And that's yeah. basically gonna be me until June when the uh, finals are finished.
0: Nice Well, tell me as a Heat fan, since the Lakers are not in the playoffs this year, so I, I'm on... and LeBron
1: was po- po- posting uh, positive things about the Heat on Twitter. You had your chance, sir.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, so yeah, I'm, I'll uh, I'll I'll root for the Heat um, just because. Oh, thank you. So yeah, sweet of you. Always happy well <laughs> as long as you promise that you'll root for, if the golden knights make it into the uh, hockey playoffs so yeah all right well i know you can't because my because florida well, I, was gonna
1: say, I, I, I can root for them to come out of the west yes that's a good
0: compromise that's a good compromise <laughs> yeah all right carrie <laughs> um, um i know um do you want do you have
2: a uh so i don't have a a specific um charity to highlight this episode Uh, but any if you have a couple of bucks throw it towards your local um animal shelters right now animal shelters across the country are hitting record highs um people are dumping their covid dogs and their covid cats and their covid bunnies so just you know if it doesn't need to be a huge donation or volunteer whatever you can it's just or if you can don't have any of that but you have time to foster or adopt an animal. That's also really like highly favorable. A lot of the shelters, um, have to double up right now, which is a horrible thing to do to an animal. Um, it's just that they they're running out of space. So, you know, anything you can do, if you feel like it, um, if you're an animal lover like us, then, you know, Just donate to any local charities that you have that involve uh, taking care of pups because I'm staring at my dog and he's very happy and if I could I would adopt 17 more dogs but you know my parents have a one dog threshold so there we go plus my dog has a one dog threshold. Yeah, he, would, I, I, he would not be happy yeah. with other animals. I ask him all the time, do you want a little brother or sister? And he literally understands that and he just gives me a death stare and I'm yes. like, okay, you don't, never mind. Don't worry.
0: We want to yeah. All right. well, I'm well, Darcy actually is um, comics underscore serial on Twitter. And it's serial.wordpress.com is her website I'm sure if she was here She'd be saying that she's going to be covering The Squirrel Girl Um Podcast that has been released Kind of Shadow Drop today, actually So I haven't listened to it yet But they got the same person who was doing The uh, voice for the cartoons To be Squirrel Girl Um, and it was written by Uh, Ryan North Who wrote Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Um it's uh, I, l- I listened to the uh, the pr- the um the two minute trailer um in the afternoon today and basically it's a Colin show, uh where she's she's answering people's questions <laughs> <That's cute. laughs> on the uh, like like on the radio, so it sounds cool. Um, actually, you know, some fun fact is uh, do you know who the voice is of Squirrel Girl from like the cartoons? Plus this, this no, podcast. No, no. Do you ever watch the AT T or ever seen the AT oh, AT&T oh it is her. I know yeah. she was
1: cast to be live action squirrel girl yes
0: she's she's also she's also the voice oh cool neat so so yes and um i'm not saying her name because i don't know how to pronounce her last name and i don't want to butcher it but it's melena
1: Van ventrop yeah ventrop is how you pronounce it yeah i knew it was something with a v but
0: but, but, look at you yeah so (laughs) support all right um, and then I, I'm at CV on Instagram. I'm uh, taking pictures of my newest acquisition of uh, a Galaga arcade machine. Yes, it's an arcade one-up, but that's exactly what I wanted, so we're good. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go now and hug my arcade machine. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Screw being married. (laughs) Screw having a dog child. He loves his arcade machine more. I just Uh, want everybody to know that. I hug you all. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) He's
1: like, (laughs) Carrie, Carrie, I love you as much as I love (laughs) the arcade
2: machine. (laughs) (laughs) When he says I love you at night. I have to ask, who it's to me, the dog, or Galaga? Yes. So that's normally what happens.
0: As I'm not refuting this, no.
2: Yeah, he's (laughs) actually not because
0: it's
2: true.
1: As Bride is stoically silent, that's it for comics. Deserve better, guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Bride, tagline, please. So you all, yeah, please uh, join us again, and remember that comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics.